Mazda presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild. Okay. Before we, before we introduce our guest, which you already know because you probably read the title of this podcast, you have I, Twitter. I just want to throw this out there. I, uh, I, my morning went like this. Okay, I did breakfast television, then I went home, did a little research, took a nap, and then at the end of my nap, you know, at the end of like a sleep, you have that one little spot where you're like, I can't. I, I'm like dreaming, but I'm not dreaming. You can't move. You can't move, but you're, you're having like some terrible dream about saying toxic shock on television. Yeah, oh, or rolling your dog off a couch. You know, yeah. whatever. Um, You've had a great month. Yeah, it's been great. It's been uh, yeah. Me and Anthony Scaramucci just killing it. Um, my, uh, At least you still have a job. Here's here's my here's my end of dream. Okay, right. it's I know. In my in my sleep, I'm sleeping, and I know I have to get up and go to the podcast. I know, yeah. uh, and and I'm I'm running in my dream towards this building that we are currently in. I'm like Sean's good. Sean McKenzie's going to be on the podcast. Damn right, I got to be there on time. It's a big deal. And Scott Moore stops me. Scott Moore, head of NHL at Rogers, is like, you need to eat this jam and toast. <laughs> then you eat the jam. So and toast. I was eating the jam and toast. Yeah. He's like, now you need to eat another jam and toast. And I was like, Scott I tells you to eat the jam and toast. You, you eat, eat it, right? Toast. So I've had it. I've had three jam and toasts in my dreams this morning. And then finally, Steve's text woke me up. It was like, nee. and I was like, you know those uh, like violent wake ups that you have that you're like, <laughs> <"Bah!"> <laughs> and it's like, I just want to check and see that my friend Adam is okay. I'm like, I'll That's be right down. Nice of Scott <laughs> to feed you, though. Yeah, it was great. That's I a thought good, so. Good guy. Yeah, Adam, really. have this jam and toast brought to you by Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Rogers logo on it and everything. Right. Hey, Sean Bloody, McKenzie, welcome full. to the show, Thank man. Thank you for having me on. Woo! Thank you very much. Very, very excited. Jesse, Jesse's also here on a fourth mic, which is great. Um, and and if he sounds a little bit different, that's why. Uh, but Sean, dude, how's the summer been? It's been outstanding. And I want to start by saying this is actually the first time I've ever met Adam in person. Yes. We've, oh. we've been Twitter friends and social media Forever. friends. Just kind of creepy, you know, he lobbed likes back and forth. But this is the first time I've actually met him in the flesh. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's like a weird new thing mm-hmm. where you can know I, someone I, online for years. And it's weird because you meet them in person. Before you meet someone in person, you'd be like, okay, what the hell is this guy all about? Is he a good? But now you just know everything about them. Yeah. And it could be a total fake social media. Like you could be a horrible guy. Like you're I a am. good social media. I am. Like I said, it's me and Scaramucci. You, you just could be a bad, <laughs> bad dude, but I've like, oh, this guy's awesome. I've known him for like six years on social media. Yeah. yeah. It was me and Andrew Berkshire in Philadelphia at the draft. Like we had never met before. And then first things first, it's like, hmm. Uh, I got to pick up something in my hotel room. I'm like, sure, stranger. Yeah, I'll just come <laughs> let, 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 let's go. I trust <laughs> you. Seem like a trustworthy Twitterer. Yeah. yeah, just come on, hang out. You're one of the last ones I haven't met, uh, and I for uh, one of the other ones was Danielle Michaud from oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. from City yeah. TV and also Stuff yeah. Percent. And she was she, she seemed really cool. And then I met her. I'm like, oh, actually, you're really cool. That's great. Okay, Shock. surprise. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went I went to school with Danielle. She's awesome. She is. Yeah, we graduated in the same year and everything. College She's of sports media. The CSM, the one and only. Yeah. Was it wor- was it. Was that a good school? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah? Yeah. I went to Fanshawe before and I hated it. Okay. I won't get into the details, but- I almost went to <laughs> Fanshawe yeah, as well. Yeah, don't ever. ever. Okay. That's my advice to everyone. Not to <laughs> tear down a full college or anything. the no. entire show. Isn't Fanshawe the school you went to for like two seconds? No, no, no. No, I, 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 had, my, I had my room booked there. Like I had my apartment set up and ready to go. I was going to go to their broadcast yep. program, yep. which was the joint program with Western University. Yeah. And then Ryerson let me in. Nice, good oh, choice. Right. And then, and then they let you. In. They allowed you. They kicked yeah. you out. I thought you they, left. No, they they were like, "Oh, you got an RTA," and I was like, "What? Yay!" And then and then they're like, "No, sorry, you can't because <laughs> your grades aren't high enough." Yeah, it was the weirdest. It was uh, a bizarre summer. Adam so, and I applied yeah. to the same program, and I got in, and he didn't. So, 
Long story short, Ryerson's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Actually, Jesse got in too. Adam's the only member of the show who didn't get Yeah, well, I'm with a bunch of university-educated folk. Yeah. Well, I'm high no school-educated, man, yeah, so it's all good. Um, it's the best so, thing about media. So I guess, yeah. I mean, do we, like, do we start there with you? Because, like, I mean, is that kind of where it started, or were you... No, it was before that, because when I was younger, I used to travel with my dad to the World Juniors all the time. So, like, even when I was, like, four or five, like, we'd take family... Like, our family trip, like, wasn't, like... Florida in the summer, Disneyland or something, because we'd be playing lacrosse and hockey. But it was like Sweden for the World Juniors, because that was the time when bummer it, sounds it was way horrible. better than Florida. <laughs> I was yeah, it's horrible. But it was because my dad was going away for Christmas, and so he was gone for the first like twenty Christmases of my life type of deal. But we would go with him because that was the the thing to do because mm. he was gone for two weeks. So it was early on that my brother went to a lot more than I did. He was kind of the diehard, and I was kind of just the lazy kid that wanted to sit at home on Christmas and eat, which is still the exact case. Uh, I think yes, that's, you mean a normal everyone, person? Yeah, like everyone. <laughs> you just described yeah. Christmas. This yeah. whole room, at least. Yes. Yeah. And then I went to the one in Vancouver. I'm drawing a blank on what it was, the Justin Poe year. 06? It was 06, and I was like 14 or 15, and it was just like the best time ever. Like, I was right at that age where like... We were going out for dinner every night. I got to sit on the set for like 12 hours a day and see all, like, I would sit with my dad and James Dethy and all those guys and like see how all that goes into it and then all the fun they have after. And I was like, I could do this. I could yeah. talk about <laughs> hockey and then go out for drinks after. Like, yeah. this is a life for me. And then that's kind of when I got hooked. And then I did a co-op in, I took a victory lap in grade 12 because I wasn't ready to move on uh, and did a co-op at Rogers TV. Okay. And in Durham region. And I had a guy named Donald Beatty who was the best guy ever. He was a local sportscaster there. And he liked to anchor and edit more than he really liked to field report. So the first day he was like, go do a report for me. And if it's good, you're a new sports reporter. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, <laughs> wow. I'm like 18 years old. And I'm like, okay. So I went out and did a story. And he's like, it's good enough. And then for the next, like, I don't know, 60, 70 days, every day I did a report. I was like, this guy's the best. That's and that amazing. was kind of where it started. Then I went to school after that. And so I knew like young that I wanted to do it. See, that's, that's a great example of like kind of making your own luck, you know? Like yeah. You, not everyone would get the opportunity presented there. Like not everyone would be paired up with a guy who's like, I don't feel like doing that today. Yeah. But a lot of people would also be like, I'm not ready for that and say no. Yeah. And it was a little bit of both because he was the, like, he was a great reporter and great anchor and everything, but he had so much on his plate. Like we all know those jobs where, whether it's, you know, local TV or local radio where they're like, do this, 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 and this, no, and yeah. mop the floor on your way out and then yep. lock up. And like this guy just had so much on his plate and was so interested in other things and was so good at other things that he was like, well, I'll give you the opportunity if you want it. And I was like, damn right. I want it. I was, scared, I was scared shitless. Like I think it was a, I went into a golf thing and he came back and he had to reel to reel edit. So it took me like six hours to do, but he was like, no, th this is good. And that's, he had a reel to reel edit. Oh yeah. Like I, I, we, wow. like I learned reel to reel then. And then I worked in CTV Barry oh before Sportsnet wow. and I got hired. That was just a three month stint and I got hired there and it was still reel to reel. And this was like five years, six years ago. So we had so to, what? you know, I was in Barry uh, almost 10 years ago. That's where I started. Okay. Okay. Really? So I was at Rogers TV, Barry. Yeah, I was yeah, at yeah. Uh, B101 there, in Barry. And then were you there when it switched to CTV at all or? Oh, well, it was, it, it was, was, wasn't an A channel for a little bit It was A too? channel, then yeah. CTV almost like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was there for was three still months. Real to still real. real to real. Like, so is like, that where you're like gluing? No, no. It, it's, oh, you're, you're, okay. you're basically digitally gluing if that makes yeah. sense. You're like, you put in the tape that you shot all your crap on during the day and you put in a blank tape in this other huge, big archaic looking machine and you put ins and outs and if you oh. miss your in and out by like half a second your whole reel is screwed up I, because you missed uh, yeah. i did something like that a couple times yeah, yeah. 
And so, yeah, so I learned that and that actually saved me down the road, but that's what sucks so much about like local TV going away. Oh yeah. I think we've all done it, right? Like you look at now, where do kids get a chance? Like YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, 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 I guess. But even so, you know, like the the thing about YouTube is it's so, um, and look at me talking about it. It's so self-starter, right? Um, That you don't have like the old guy, the the old crusty guy who's been there. (laughs) Who's like, this is how you tell a story, kid. All I ever did. Like at the beginning, uh, like kind of Leafs TV and all that was like complain about all the older people getting in the way of my creativity. Yeah. But like <laughs> I, really, I needed their mentorship, you know, well, and you know, that's something that's hard to replicate on YouTube. Well, well yeah, that's the thing. My, my girlfriend's a, a blogger and she's trying to get into YouTube and vlogging. And so we have a camera. She shot all this great stuff in the vacation in Greece, but she was like, I, I don't, how do you edit? Right. And I'm like, well, like I, I, I can kind of just from all of the stuff I've done, but like, that's the thing is now she has to go teach herself how to edit. So you say self-starting, like you can't just shoot stuff and put it out there and go, this is great. It's like, you gotta take hours to piece this crap together and make it look good. And that's where the old guy was sitting there on real to real. Like you got to click this. In. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever seen. Sure enough. It's like, it saved my life. My career is basically just a bunch of old guys teaching me stuff. And I, that's how I've cobbled it together. I can't wait. Well, I, I compared to some people, I can't wait to be the old grouchy guy. Really? Like you're doing a bad job. <laughs> what the hell are you wearing? Why is that your, Sean McKenzie yeah. sure is scary. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> sure I can't, I, I can't wait for that moment. <laughs> Well, we'll all be around then. We'll do a podcast then. Perfect. Okay, Sean. Nobody so will be listening. Yeah. We'll, be old. we'll just be sitting here complaining like, these microphones aren't working and it's remember hot Remember SoundCloud and, was yeah. great? I remember, whatever happened to classic YouTube? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> just all this crap now and whatever happened just to stupid dog videos. Yeah. 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 Like, remember, like, Q107 at some point had to just be called rock and not classic rock. Well, now yeah. it's not classic rock again. Now it's just rock again. But oh. yes, it was for 30 years. That's all it was, was just a rock station. And then it became Sundays. classic rock. Yeah, it became and classic rock in the this mid-90s. This podcast is going to become the classic podcast. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's going to become vintage. <laughs> this isn't your, I can't, your son's sports show. No, this is, like, this this is, is a real talk. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. Come on, show. And I, we I, only I, talk I, about the original 150s. <laughs> I, I say this out of irony because it's funny how everything becomes cool. Like, I'm wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I could name Guns N' Roses songs, but like, I'm not necessarily a fan like I've never seen them live I mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily go see them but they're rock, okay. rock t-shirts are cool now it's like girls are wearing like Metallica t-shirts yeah like guys are everyone's wearing, like half these people have never heard of Metallica yeah, in their life no. but that's what's become cool like, name it, three songs on Enter Sandman yeah. or not on Enter Sandman oh my god uh, on uh, Master Puppets yeah which like, is not on Enter Sandman you know how many people don't like you right now <laughs> oh, I, know. Just, yeah. I listen to it I don't need to prove it to them or not yeah, there you but, go. Uh, but, but yeah I mean remember I did just wake up but yeah you're right like it's it's so it's those it's the local TV it's the local radio yeah. That, you know, pays you nothing and you work ridiculously hard. Like you just said, you did, yeah. what, 90 days of reports? Yeah, and then I, I came out of school. I, I left Fanshawe early. Um, long story there. And I contacted the same guy at Rogers TV and it was shortly after. This was before everything got really bad, even the way it is. This would have been maybe six years ago. No, actually, it's longer, sorry. Eight years ago, something like that, right, when I came out of school. Well, because 2008 when it all kind of went to hell, right? Yeah, so it would have mm-hmm. been right around that time. But there was still local Rogers, you know, Rogers Durham was still, but it had taken over by new management and they had new rules in place. So I contacted the same guy. I said, Hey, I would love to come back. I had applied to the college of sports media. I said, I want to come back for six months just to fill the gap. I said, I want to do the same thing I was doing. He's like, you honestly need to apply. You need to be approved. Like there was like a hundred step process to even get the opportunity to volunteer with Rogers TV. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I said, I just walked in as a 
high school in co-op and was like, he's like, here's a camera, go to a golf story. And if we like it, we'll put it on the air. And now it's like, well, now they don't even have that position anymore, let alone have to jump through hoops to get it, which is crazy. Yep. Like, and I remember that too. But you know, it all kind of happened for us anyway, the beginning of our careers. Like I was in Halifax yep. when that crash hit mm. and I remember them coming in and, and like to a huge boardroom and then saying, uh, so we've lost probably three quarters of our revenue right now. And we're not sure how this whole year is going to shake out, yeah. but don't worry. Everybody's going to yeah. be fine. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, don't panic. Don't panic. There'll <laughs> we, be no layoffs. We have no money. We're not firing you. Don't worry. <laughs> wink, wink. Not just like, did you just wink at, did that kid just wink at me when he said he wasn't firing me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was the overnight guy going, uh oh, yeah. like uh -oh. this is great. Uh, I, uh, and, and yeah, Matt, like, and like, it's horrible to say because I get kids all the time that say, you know, you know, I'm close to the same age as you or, you know, I'm a younger person coming out of school trying to do this. What advice do you have? And like the advice that I was given and that wasn't that long ago is so drastically different from the advice I can give kids now because it was before it was like volunteer, volunteer, move anywhere. And it was like, where do you volunteer now? Now the advice like you said has changed. It's YouTube, it's blogs, it's, mm -hmm. it's doing your own work where before it was like, go to Rogers TV, you know, grind it out. And that isn't even available anymore. Nope. So nope. it's it, just in the last 10 years that I've been in the business, that's how crazy it's changed and it's scary. Like what's the next 10 years going to be like? Oh, well, I, 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 I don't want to think about it. And we were, we were lucky enough to both go to school and have internships, yep. but it used to kind of be. Uh, you could go to school, and if you couldn't afford school, the great equalizer was getting an internship. Yeah. Well, you can't even do that now no, because no. you need to be in school to get an it, internship. It, well, it, like the College of Sports Media was amazing because they placed you in your internship. And depending on how – and it was a great school because they basically pulled no punches. Like if you were a kid that didn't show up, they didn't care. Mm -hmm. They were still taking your money, and then they just <laughs> screw you on an internship. Like it was the real world. Like the guy who ran his name is David Lannis. I remember and, him from the score. Yeah. And, and like, he's a great guy, but kids would come out of there and be like, I hate David. And you'd be like, why? Cause you didn't show up to class and he gave you a crappy internship. It's like, no, that's the real world. Like your boss isn't going to hold your hand in real, like re in this business. He's going to hand you toast. Scott Moore will, will come along. <laughs> he's going to make you eat it before you interview <laughs> yeah, Sean exactly, McKenzie. Yeah, no one is that nice. <laughs> and, and people are like, I, I hate this guy. He screwed me up. Well, it's like, yeah, because you didn't work hard. And then you look at all like Danielle and me showed, you know, George Popolis, you know, he left the business, but he, he was really good. We all got internships in the places we wanted because you actually worked hard. And that's kind of like the real world. It wasn't school where, you know, we'll give you a grade. They would just give you a 50 or 60 pass if you move you along. Mm -hmm. Where other schools, it's kind of like they hold your hand and make sure you're set in this way. They were like, oh, we're just going to treat this like the real world. I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. So you go from there, and I know you worked on the fourth period yeah, for a bit. Yeah, yeah that was, well, I was in school. Those guys were awesome. That was even before I went to, that was while I was in Fanshawe. And they would just, they needed internet content, and I wanted to do it. And so I basically just said, whatever you guys need. And, I look back at some of the old, like I interviewed like John Hamm, like on the, oh, wow. in Vegas on That's the red amazing. carpet. And I was like a, like a 19 or 20 year old kid. And, and like, at that point you're just so, I don't not cocky, but you're so excited about it. And you're so new to it that you have nothing to be scared of. Now you're like, oh my God, is this guy going to yell at me? Is this guy gonna, like, before then you're just like a young kid. Like, hey, what's up, John? And he's like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, now you're like, you've been yelled at so many times by people are like, okay, what's going to happen? But it was so, like back then you're just, I was on the red carpet, like calling celebrities over like I was their buddies. And now. It, oh, it, wow. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. that's, 
That's I think that's a sign of confidence. Cause yeah, but I don't I don't know that I would have had that either. I'm the same. But it's all, I'd have been freaked you're out. Just na- well, you're, you're freaked out. You're almost so naive to the whole thing. Like there was PR people like trying to drag them away. And I, I, got, I don't know what a PR person is at that time. So I'm right. like, come on over. Like and you're just like, ignore- now you're like talking to the PR person. You're so aware of everything. It was almost nice to, at that point, just be so ignorant to the whole process. I used to think if you like interrupted a celebrity or like even like a third liner in the OHL, <laughs> armed guards would come. <laughs> well, then they, they, they will. The they will. Make it seem like that, or uh, who? No, was it? wasn't the spit. No, the London Knights. Uh, oh, yeah. Just, they were. They run it like an NHL organization. It's yeah, different. They were yeah. brutal to deal with, but that was also a very long time ago. So I won't. I won't hold it against them, even though I do a little bit. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> it's Jesse's favorite team. It is, along with the Kings the and Max and all other teams we're cheering against. <laughs> just not the generals. Whatever it is, it's yeah, anybody. Not, no, general. has to like the generals. <laughs> my, my, my first ever interview ever I've ever done, and I remember it was with John Tavares when he was with the Jennies. Unreal. It was when. Oh, what a terrible yeah. first interview! And it was same guy, Donal Beatty at Rogers TV. And this is the stuff that, like said, doesn't really happen that much anymore. It was my first day on the job because we're going down. The Jennies are unveiling their new dressing room. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have been there, but it's, it's, round, it's amazing. Like, it's it was the, nice, yeah. It was the first ever like round dressing room, and it was all, the owner was there, and John Tavares was the captain at the time, and Donald Beatty was just like, want to interview him? I've interviewed That's him amazing. a million times. I'm like, no. Of course <laughs> I don't. Like, <laughs> like, no, I don't. He's like, go do it. I'm like, what do I ask him? He's like, I don't know. Just ask him whenever you want. And I'm like... Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> and like, you just gave me the mic, and I then I'll always remember that first interview because I was terrified. Like, and you, if you forget that, like, the guy was mu- he was younger than me at the time. Two years, but you're looking at him like, oh my god, oh my god, what if he yells at me? Like, he's not going to yell at you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're just afraid of somebody yelling. Yeah, at yeah you. that's all. That, that, I, I live my life just afraid someone's going to yell at me every minute. <laughs> Came to the wrong show. Yeah, man. I know. I know. That's what we do. Steve's just going to start screaming. <laughs> soon. Uh, what? <laughs> a lot of people, I a lot of people I've met like recently think I'm that way all the time. Because that's the only way they well, see you. I mean, I yeah, they do see you in like short snippets. And if it, I always direct whenever whenever people ask me about that, I always direct them to listen to the show because the majority of the time it's like very calm. But then the two percent that it's not, that's the stuff that yeah. stands out in people's minds. You go, what? There was the the infamous fuck a duck rant. Yeah, there was. I wish we had video <laughs> back then because there was legitimate fear in your eyes because you didn't know what I was yelling about yet. Yeah, because I had looked it up on my phone. And John Michael Lyles had scored against the yeah. Leafs after they get rid of. So him. you're not really. Disproving the point that he doesn't just yell all the oh, time. No, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like it started off with like, you know, Steve's really calm, but then he had fear in his eyes because I didn't know what he was eyes. yelling about. <laughs> well, I do live my life afraid that people are going to yell at yeah. me. You know, I just well, I hate it. it. And it's funny you meant like little yeah. snippet. That's it's funny, and that's how like I covered the Winnipeg Jets when Claude Noel was there. I've covered a million press conferences with John Tortorella, and the same thing. Like I, I would go into those, and you're like, okay, this guy is. He's angry and he's sarcastic. And so you're terrified to ask a question because you think you have a good question, but you start second guessing, like, what if he snaps at me? And, and you know, you're always thinking these things when you're a young reporter, like, how do I get the best answer? But I also don't want to be the butt of every TV joke. You don't want to be the guy that gets yelled at. And you realize Setting that. Up the play. Yeah, mm-hmm. you realize that, like, Tortorella, 99% of the answers he gives are really well thought out. He's a soft spoken guy. Yep. Like, he's a really, really thoughtful guy. But you only see the snippets. Right. It's like Steve doesn't always yell, but he always yells. If, if you <laughs> yeah, watch his stuff, snippets, like, yeah. if you watch his shit, you're like, that guy's always yelling. Same yeah. with Tort, same with Claude Noel. Like, and they will give it to you, but 
there's so much that people don't see that if anyone actually watched a full press conference and we get it more now because you can watch the full press conferences online and is Glenn Galutzen really that morose all the time yeah okay <laughs> alright I just wanted to check yeah. and see yeah he just seems upset even when they yeah. win okay yeah some yeah like there's it's like he's upset the other team even bothered to show up. <laughs> well, why did we have to play? Them? Yeah, like we didn't uh, need to do this. Yeah, no, this is stupid. <laughs> no, but mo- silly formality. What you see is guys what their personalities are, but then there's a lot of extra to it. Although Babcock, basically, what you see all the time is kind of the way he is. Like that's that's Babs. Babs. That's Babs. Like he's just like a father figure all the time. Yeah, for the <laughs> yes, it, I don't know. It's hard to explain the way Babs is. Like you ask him a question and Babs is going to answer it, and he's going to give you a great answer, but he's going to answer it exactly how he wants like he might not actually listen to your question and go okay well yeah like he has something and he always has a message that he wants to get across which is part of his coaching strategy like he's just he's an interesting guy how would you compare him to uh, Randy Carlisle did you get much of him not I wasn't there a ton Mm -hmm. I wasn't there Randy was different Randy was more he didn't give he was more emotional like sometimes Randy would come out and give you, he, he'd be joking around and laughing and he would go longer than Bab sometimes. And then he would sometimes give a little bit of emotion or anger at a question or he'd laugh. Like my favorite Carlisle story of all time. And people have a million, I was only there for like one or two Carlisle years, but this was classic Randy. He was, Babs is tuned into his zone. Like when he comes and does media, like nothing is getting him off his game. He's in, he's out. He's going to, give the message he wants. Like he's not going to be caught off guard by a question where Randy was a little bit more, Hey guys, what's going on a little mm. bit more in, in a different world. So it's a pretty big scrum at a least practice. And you guys have been in media scrums where yep. there's probably five or six reporters they have their mics and they ask questions. And it's usually the same five or six every time. But when all the news cameras show up, it gets a little crazy. We always laugh when we see the TV trucks parked out front, you know, city TV or either something bad happened or something really good happened and there's going to be some pretty funny questions. And usually when it's really bad, it's like, it's interesting because the news guys, are, you know, what do you say to the fans? And that's a constant joke. Oh, that's, oh what do you no, say to the fans? Yeah. 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 And, and you yeah. get it a lot and it's, it, it's, they're just doing their jaws. But so there's a lot of videographers, the guys that do both in the news, not so much in sports. Yep. That doesn't really exist in sports. There's always a set reporter. So some guy behind the camera just yells, hey, Randy. And he asks his question. And Randy's like, who was that? <laughs> and the camera guy's like, reaches out and he's like, hey, it's, I got And he's like, they let you ask questions from back there? And like, you didn't mean it as a slight, but we're all like, all right. And the guy's like, um, I think, I think so. And he asks his question. Randy's like, I didn't know, didn't know they were allowed to ask from back there. I'm like, oh, the poor guy, like Randy's just tearing him down. But that's Randy where like, sometimes he gets lost he in his seemed, own little world. And he he's seemed funny. like a fun guy. He was, yeah. It just, it just was not a fit here. And no, like, we went over, we have many podcasts dedicated yeah. to why it wasn't. He but. had some serious edge to him. Like a lot of coaches do if he doesn't, like the way you ask a question or he just sometimes would get fed up enough and like and kind of just storm off mm-hmm. but he was funny at times we've seen the whole like good one randy the yeah. toaster that that's right that's randy okay like he, he's almost like a lovable goofball but not at the same time and then you got peter horacek for a minute Pe- and <laughs> nicest human being ever in the like, worst in the worst of circumstances yeah. i don't even know where he is now i don't know yeah nicest we always like we, we always see him around we always see him around in florida and everything he's scouting now is he? Oh, but you the, you'd see him in the like the media room, and he'd, hey, how you doing? Shake your head, sit, and have a dinner with you. Like 
the fu- the best thing I ever saw Peter Horacek do was it was an off day and there was a practice and there was only about five or six reporters there and one of them was a news reporter and it was a girl from it was City or CP one of the one of the news outlets and we went and we did our four questions with them because it was just it was right when the lease were just none none of us wanted to be there he didn't want to be there the players didn't want to be there like so one eleven yeah it was a really quiet day and so we got we got Peter and the the news girl comes up hey Peter I'm so sorry but we want to go live and I'm like oh crap and so now we're all sitting back like huh let's see how this goes and the and the Pierre is sitting there like what's going on and she's like, oh, I want to go live and Peter's like oh no it's fine and I'm like. And she's like, I'm, I'm not really a hockey person. So he's like, okay, well, what, what kind of points do you want to make? What do you want to get across? And he guided her through like five questions before they went live to make sure that wow. she did a good job wow. to kind of plan the way she would ask and he'd respond just to help her out. Like I've never seen a coach do that before. No, no, and, they wouldn't and, and, do and that. I've spoke to some coaches that is, oh, uh, like, I can't think of a single one who mo- would do that. If you asked them to go live, most would blow you off in, in a second and say no. But he was like, maybe you should ask it this way and then I can come. And I'm like, this is the nicest human being in the world. Wow. Like, I've never seen that before. Wow. That's, that's I don't think Babs would do that. No, 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 <laughs> no. My, uh, my, actually, well, they would just say no. One of the first yeah. times I ever got yelled at was by Babs. He yelled at you? Yelled at me. Yeah, in that's, front in front of about forty people in a playoff press conference. That's my nightmare. Good, good. So it that was, was was that here or was no? That... That was with Detroit. Okay, what happened? So this goes to speak to being just a young naive reporter, where they Sportsnet sent me to cover my very first playoff. My first playoff series ever was the Leafs Bruin series. Oh, sorry, geez. Steve. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> sorry. You know, it's a rule that has to come it has up. Has to come up. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it, it's. Out of the way now, we're moving on. But I was a second reporter. Rashman Dandy did all the least stuff. I did the Bruin stuff. So I wasn't that involved. I wasn't kind of the main guy. So I didn't really ask the, the press conference questions. So after that, they sent me. Uh, my boss phones like, you got a rental car? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, go drive to Pittsburgh. I'm like, okay. So I did Pittsburgh Ottawa series with Ian Mendez. And then that two, those two games ended. And they're like, well, drive to, do you want to do Detroit, Chicago? And I'm like, sure. So it was games three and four. Do you, you were given the choice? Well, like, it wasn't much. For oh, sure. okay. It, 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 it was like, like yeah. are you all right driving? Because I had to rent, like, I'm just driving around. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll drive. So I get in the car and drive. And I get there. And it was when Taves had shut down Zetterberg really, really well. And No, sorry. Zetterberg had shut down Taves. Okay. And Detroit, I believe, was up 2 nothing in the series. This is a conference final, right? This is second round. Second round. I'm trying to remember what year. This so is second round. 2013. The game yes. that, the series ended up going to seven. Right. So I get there and again, like I, I hadn't really done a playoff press conference and it was a big, huge room. I don't know if you guys have been to the Joe media room where they do it. It's, no, they it, it all set up as a huge press conference and it's pretty the packed. The difference between regular season and playoffs is oh, it's, strange, it's eh? insane. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Even the off series where there's not, a, like Chicago, Detroit has a, pretty good media contingent but it's nothing like Toronto Boston but it's still tons and tons especially the second round so my boss has said you know we want a story about Caves and Zetterberg of course yeah that's the biggest story so that's the lead is all about what kind of a response will Taves get in game three against Zetterberg and so being naive reporter third question and I get the mic and I'm like uh, Mike uh, you know Zetterberg has done a great job on Jonathan Taves kind of what do you expect from from Jonathan tonight? And he kind of looks at me and he gives me, you know, a classic Babs answer where he talks around 
and just basically says nothing. Like, he's, he's, he's a great centerman. You know, he's, a, he's a great guy. He was a great man. Very yeah. good player. And doesn't say a word about Taves. And I have my whole story done because I talked to all the players and I see there's just a hole that I need Babcock to talk about. So just being an idiot. And like, again, now I'd be so scared to do this because you know you're going to get the backlash. I just say, but what kind of response do you expect? And I just kind of slid it in. And there's like that mm. four second pause where he just looks and I'm like, did ice just enter the, yeah, r- and, the room? And, and, and like people next to me are like shuffling <laughs> over. They're like, they're like getting out of the way. And like, I'm like, oh crap. And like, I'm kind of like, okay. What's he-? And like, so he goes, what, you want me to write your story for you? Like, like what, what can I do more? Like, do you want me to actually write your lead? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. like, I, I, I need, I need the lead. And so then he's like, and he just like, and he just kind of like, I don't know. What more do you want me to say? Like, and then he goes, Jonathan Taves is a Stanley cup winner. And he goes on like this. He lists off all of Jonathan Taves' accomplishments. What do you think? I Like, he's going to have a great game tonight. He's going to respond and he's going to be amazing. What, like what else? And I'm like. That's, and so I did my story and my boss was like, that's an unbelievable first clip. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, like I, 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 but then I, eventually my, my dad is, is pretty tight with Babs and eventually months down the road, he kind of laughed and said, thanks for welcoming my son to the media. <laughs> and he goes, and he kind of told me, he goes, oh crap. He goes, I th- thought that was some little shit Chicago reporter <laughs> looking, looking for a tase angle. So you learn that kind of like, you know, yeah. he thought I was just some Chicago reporter fishing for a positive tase angle. So like, and afterwards oh. I, I eventually talked to him and said, sorry, you know, yeah. goes, oh no, no, nothing. Well, I'm sure it wouldn't be something he held on to. I'm sure he's had his, ba- his oh, fair share of questions. That, and the, the other thing is he hadn't forgotten you. Yeah. And th- that's the thing is most coaches, you take it so serious, like, you know, you get kind of reamed out or they don't like a question and unless it's really bad, most coaches or players will just, you know, whatever, you know, you can say, hey, sorry, man, after that or something. But sometimes if you tick a guy off, you'll go into the next question, you know, he's just waiting for you to kind of tee off on. It depends how personal it is or. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, I, I, it's what I'm saying, Brooksy. It wasn't one yeah, of those. No, 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 okay. no. Okay. Nine, I would say 99 times out of a hundred. Like, cause it's so easy to get caught up in a moment. I yeah. know of another reporter who got. Uh, kind of scolded by Here, a Here, get a, a little coach. closer to the mic, man. Oh, sorry. You, you got scolded by a coach, and he's just like, I don't know, man. This this coach doesn't like me. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm kind of afraid to ask him questions. I'm like, just pull him aside and explain what you were trying to ask him the first time. He's not going to care, man. And, okay, I don't know. Are you sure? Sure enough, you talk to him, and turns out that coach was a human being. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's and reasonable. It. Yeah. Weird. And then they were able to move on yeah, professionally. You, you forget, and it. you also forget that half the time, like, like Babs thought I was trying to fish for an angle and that's what sometimes players and coaches think is they think you know the way you ask a question you're trying to get something and some people do that and that's what I I know upsets a lot of hockey players where they think that sometimes the media is just trapping them in a question like they're asking it like I I know what you're trying to get at a lot of them are pretty paranoid eh? yeah and, and, and rightfully so sometimes the questions are they lead them down that path and they make a mistake and all of a sudden it's all over Twitter and it's easy to understand we're all part of the problem like you know myself included because we all do the reports on it and we tweet about it and everything but sometimes a player just thinks you ask something for a reason that maybe you didn't mm-hmm. like I, I remember in the cup final I asked Sidney Crosby a question and it was about going up against you get sassy yeah <laughs> and, and I, I've known Sid for a long time and just I've covered a handful of cup finals he was in and tons of series and I've never had an issue or anything with them. And he took three or four questions about the Subban breath comment. 
Oh yeah. And so you could tell he was kind of Okay, we're we're over this. Yeah, we're over this. And then I asked him a question about going up against the Predators top D men and, and what kind of challenge that. And it was just a general hockey question, but because of the previous three questions, he took it as just going up against the PK question. Right. So in that context and, makes sense. And, and so yeah. he you know, he kinda snapped back and said you guys know I, I go up against more than PK. Like I, I go up against good defense in every series, and afterwards I just said, "Hey, I, I didn't mean just PK. Oh, sorry, I, I know, I know, I didn't." And like he just said, I, "I just took a bunch." And sorry about that. We're just a just a normal. It's understandable. Guy. Yeah. He's a human yeah. being. Again, yeah. get close to the mic. Sure. No, <laughs> I'm I'm sitting like this so that the camera can see him, and then when I have something to say, I'll. Okay, I just, just want to be sure because <laughs> <laughs> because I want to make sure that I don't get thank, tweets thank going. You. Why did you turn your mic up and Steve's down? Because he's Sean. yelling all the time. You yeah, never that's know. True. It's You're right. Peaks and valleys. This, this is guy. no I have a question. Okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, have you ever had a player uh, like tell you straight up like, "Don't write about me" or "Don't talk about me"? No. Because they're they're not that involved. Like it, it's different with. I my, might have. I may or may not have had this happen. <laughs> I, I want to hear that story, but it's different yeah, in my job I can't because on the show, I'm yeah. really sorry. Yeah. It's different in my role because I'm not writing full. Like my role is less. I'm in less of a position to get into it with a player in that sense, where I'm not a columnist or I'm not an analyst. Where my job isn't to go rip on guys or dig stuff up or write stories about why a guy's struggling. Like I usually have a live hit with clips or I have a two and a half minute piece to put together. And more often than not, it's either positive or telling a story or weaving some kind of a, an angle about the game. Whereas I understand why a lot of the columnists and maybe someone in your role where it's more opinionated and and more emotional would get that kind of response. But my job is more go get, some good clips about the game or about a story. And I'd say it's more of a, it lends to more of a positive angle than maybe a columnist or someone in, in Steve's role where you actually have to entertain people. Not that we don't entertain, but it's different. It's more structured. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you can't, for- for what you do, the truth to your no, like, own perspective, like, like, right? like I, I can't go on a live hit and start tearing a guy down, like, and start making jokes about, like, you know, it, it's I'm not on a radio show, like, where, like, that would be different. Mm-hmm. That's where guys probably listen and go, well, that's a lot of opinion, or he thinks that of me. Where I don't really get paid to go on and give my opinion; I get paid yeah. to more lay out and tell a story mm-hmm. involving the facts. Between Roman Polak was a minus two tonight, and what the hell do they even have this guy for? <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah, they'll like, have like, him again. Yeah, like imagine. <laughs> oh, I think they will. Yeah. <laughs> But Damn right. That's probably the reason they haven't signed Connor Brown as they're yeah. waiting to get yeah. Roman Polak out of rehab. They're doing, yeah. they're doing the hard negotiations with Roman. Uh, <laughs> okay, guys, I understand if you don't want, we'll give you $4 million. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think, I, I think I'm just going to, re- no, five, five, five million. Dollars. <laughs> just come be a warrior, please. Um, all right. So let's, I mean, I mean, you mentioned it before. You and I have something in common, Sean, in that we've got family in the biz. Yeah. Uh, family so in the biz. Family in the, the biz. biz. So we'll start with the most important member, which is your brother. Yes. Uh, <laughs> much. Uh, much more important. By the way, yeah. do you know you have your own elite prospects page? I, I think it's somebody different. Because I was because it says your brother and your dad listed on it. Both really? are listed on your dad is listed as retired and no stats, and you're you have no stats and you're listed as retired. Your brother's got his ECHL and his okay, AHL stats. Okay, those are both true. Me and my dad are retired. Are retired hockey uh, retired? Yes. Yeah, a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> and your brother obviously is a general manager. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he played four years of college, St. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, played in the coast in the A. He he played two years before packing it in. He kind of. And that's the good thing. We're having a 
dad in the business where he's pretty honest. And my brother got to a point where he easily could have been playing in the coast or mm-hmm. maybe a third or fourth line AHLer. He could still be playing to this day. But my dad has seen enough and he's been through enough where he kind of said to him, like, this is the ceiling. Like, you're a great college player, great junior player, good East Coast Hockey League player, put up tons of numbers. He's like, but that's kind of where it is. Like, you're not going to be an NHL guy. So, you know, make the, wow. he wasn't the type of dad where it was like, you know, maybe we'll get you a tryout here. Or we'll move you, you know, that was the kind of dad he was, which helps being in the business because he's seen so much of it. So I think that helped my brother. That's not an easy conversation to tell your no. kid, hey, you know, your dream, not going to happen. Because so many, you. so many kids and I don't blame them. Fuck as, your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. And my brother was smart enough too that knew, like he, in his final he had, what, what was the exact scenario? He was playing in Houston in the AHL mm-hmm. and got a broken foot, blocked a shot Oof. and broke his foot and, you know, whatever. So that was a bit of a damper. He'd just gotten up to the AHL and was putting up, you know, not numbers, but he's playing decent minutes. He it's kind a of classic felt, story, right? Yeah. And you then, know? oh, if only this didn't happen. Yeah. And, and, and so then he, uh, he was rehabbing the foot and finally got healthy it wasn't a it was just a minor fracture and you know, it was like a four week but still thing. it's your foot exactly so you know he felt fine a little and bit important. so they said okay we're going to send you down to the coast for a conditioning stint so you're going to go back down to he wanted to go back down to the florida everblades mm-hmm. so that's where he was playing that's where all his he had his car there is he had a condo there like because that's what they called him up from but he'd been up with houston for like two and a half months so he's like so you're going to send me down to florida right that's one of their affiliates actually no they're that team's full so we're going to send you down to the ontario rain and the California, Ontario, Ontario, yeah, California. Ontario, California. So he was like, okay. And like, as a hockey player, you just say yes and you go do it. So, you know, he did that. And so he played, and these details are all a long time. So I don't know if this is exactly the way, but it's something along these lines where he played three games, supposed to be a three game conditioning stint, talked to someone. They're like, well, we're still out of town. So just play the fourth game. We'll bring you up the next day. In the fourth game, he got a concussion. Oh. So like he, he, at that point, that's where it was kind of like, okay, like how long can you keep doing this grind? And then finally it was like, I know I want to get a job in hockey. I might as well retire and start now. And that's kind of where it took off from there. So he is the general manager of the Kitchener yep. Rangers. Yeah. Just that little squad. Yeah. Uh, oh, that oh, that oh, little team. Guys. Yeah. I the, mean, the, he was Jeremy no, Bracco's general manager. They're not the London Knights, they're, they're, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's pretty amazing at 31 years old. Yeah. He, and he's all, he was always a guy that he was just kind of a student of the game. He was always a guy that loved video work and it's, he's the only guy in the family that actually likes working out and eating healthy. So yeah. we, we laugh. He's like, <laughs> we say, we say he's adopted. He's such an idiot. Like he's <laughs> he, actually he's not a member sh- of the margarita family. No, no. Like he'll have like one, like he don't get me wrong. He's fun, but he'll have like one margarita. I'm like, okay, I'm going to the gym. And I'm like, I'll have another three and, <laughs> and then I'll fall asleep. And and yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to say he's a serious guy, but he took, you know, training and nutrition and playing like super serious. And that's kind of where he gets it all. He always did the video work. He was always dialed into, you know, the systems of the game and thinking the game. And then once he got out, he knew he wanted to do coaching and actually Steve Spock gave him his first chance. Really? Because Kitchener, yeah. Yeah. He kind of came to a a coaching clinic and there was no real jobs. And I guess he, he impressed Steve Spock and ultimately said, well, we can give you like a, basically a, an assistant assistant coach type of role where he was booking travel. He was 
you know, making sure that kids had their Tim Hortons. He was doing bus, like book, booking the buses, that kind of thing, and just kind of slowly worked his way up and worked his way up. And most Canadian job of all yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, please make, make sure yeah. you have the double doubles. Yeah, yeah, make sure the Tim Hortons is fine, the hotels are good, and the buses are on time. Yeah. And that was basically you, his role. And, you call them donut holes, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's kind of how he did it and worked his way. And, and he did and, it quickly. I mean, that's yeah. He's 31. Yeah, I, and again, it, it was like what we talked about is where you kind of just make your own luck in certain ways where right place, right time, if you work hard and eventually the opportunity might come around and, you know, if people like you, they will say, okay, we'll, we'll give you a shot at the opportunity. Well, there's anything that people have said about the McKenzie's on the whole, it's that you guys aren't very likable. No, we're not really nice. Yeah. Just terrible, yeah. terrible to deal with. Bad, bad people. Tim Hortons is always cold when you deliver it. It's brutal. It's bad. Uh, it's but, <laughs> <dare> you. <laughs> yeah. but then I'm, I'm, and, and obviously we gotta, we gotta mention your dad who is obviously nah, a, a legend. I don't think we have to. We don't have to mention. <laughs> he's, um, he's a nobody. I, I wonder, I wonder when I was, when so, I was researching. You know, clarify for everyone, who is that? I, I'm. <laughs> Some guy at some network. It's, his name is he's, a, he's like a script and, runner or something yeah, at, at a yeah. network that will not be named. <laughs> he's going to kill me for this. Uh, well, I would hope I'd so. I'd be yeah. honored if he listened. Yeah, frankly. truly. If he made time for this. I mean, as a fellow podcaster. He does have his own podcast now. I actually listened to it and he inspired me to read uh, 10% Happier. The, okay. Uh, Dan Harris yeah. book, which was worth it. He does love reading. Like, every time we go to the cottage, he's got some new book and he's reading us like passages of it. And let's <laughs> read that. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Does he do it from like a tall wicker just chair? Make, like, <laughs> just make the damn margaritas, man! Like I don't Go come here for the books. Yeah, like make you, like he has to read me a passage of his newest book before he gives me the margarita. I'm like, just okay, fine, I'll do it. I have he, passages of wisdom to bestow upon you. Are his margaritas legitimately better than most margaritas you've had, or are they are they base level margaritas? See, this is, this might spark some controversy because this is gonna. Him and my mom don't use the salt rim. Oh, I know, I know. It's very. It, this is going to be the biggest controversy okay. of the summer. They go with like a, a kind of a sugar rim, so it's more of like a sweet kind of yeah, sweet kind of thing. Which uh, it, it might start calling it a question the authenticity of the margarita. Right. It's like a daiquiri margarita hybrid. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now I love that was a very Babcock answer because you didn't give me. A definitive no, either no, way. No, because I'm I, not going to get that. I can't because what like what if I rip his margarita <laughs> and I never get one again? Then I have to make my own margarita. And he's got like a machine that like it's a Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Does he really? Yeah, Does he yeah. have the Jimmy Buffett yeah, Margaritaville? Yeah, the, oh yeah, that is yeah. so awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and, and it's, it, it, it's great, and because he, we always laugh about my dad saying he's very. I don't know how to. He gets really wound up and then he calms right back down. Okay. Like, like, like he just like, oh. like he's like Steve. Like he'll like, yeah, exactly. He's like, like, I know a guy. That's he'll just, he'll, like, he's, he'll just like drastically over exaggerate something, and then we'll laugh at him, and he'll be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Like, like, yeah, like, like the other, like the other day, like I'm up there and we're making margaritas. It was like a Saturday or Sunday or or a Wednesday. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Might have been midweek, but all of a sudden the margarita machine starts making all these loud noises, and he's like, Jesus. God, things done. Need need a new one. And I'm like, is it really done? And my mom's like, just kind of laughing. And he's like, it, it, we need to get the bigger one. And I'll, I'm, like, I'm like, it just made a I funny note. Like he's like freaking out. And all of a sudden, like we go and try it again, and it works, and it's perfectly fine. And we're like, oh, 
It's need a new one. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> he just walks away. And we, we rip on him pretty good because he flies off the handle and stuff and then like instantly calms down and is like, okay, it's maybe not that. Bad. Maybe not that yeah, bad. Yeah, okay, exactly. all right. Yeah, exactly. Mrs. Angle is going to really enjoy listening right, to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually You're think- because he's dead! <laughs> Caprice, Caprice will too because that's what I, I do. And it's like little, it's just little things. And yeah. like, Every appliance yeah. in the house Constant. is And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, and then, then you just walk away from it. And it's like, yep. oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Might have overplayed that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, overplayed my hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we're to pretend that didn't happen and moving on um but you know okay so here's the conversation i had with my mom when i told her that i wanted to be in radio was she her her answer was a flat no she said no you don't yep. no you won't no yeah, I remember. not a, no and i said well no I'm, I'm gonna do that and she said well no no you're not no you're not because uh, at that point there was a bunch of like mid high school there's a bunch of layoffs yeah. going on and things had turned into automation yeah, and, and the, su- the signs were there yeah yeah, yeah. so we were kind of like okay well the industry was in uh, contraction yeah and so like the long short like the plot of the long short was happening yeah oh sorry yeah <laughs> the, the, so we the were big s- short <laughs> the big short is that what it's called I don't know what are we, are we talking yeah. about the movie the big, short, like, the big short. Yeah, yeah, a lot the big short. The big short was the economy crashing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We were two years I, away. I don't know if I would compare the radio business slowly getting smaller to the whole yeah, economical no. failure no. of the U.S. No, they they but, were trying you know, to get cheaper anyway. But I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> I, I don't know if the whole housing market crashing would be the same as the small. The economy <laughs> could be the Did best. Did you know that James ever Reimer is a Vesna Trophy don't nominee? Don't change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's... that's Okay, back, sorry. So the the, the long listen, short, the long the long the, the long short is that um, great movie. Never so heard of it. She says she says no, and I said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And she said, okay, fine. Well, you're not going to get any of my help. And being the cocky teenager that yeah. I was, I was like, screw well, you, mom. Fine. Yeah. And under my breath, f you. I don't yeah. need your help. And that's the way it was. And I actually I ended up with an internship at her station, but not because of. And she her. just like glared at you from across the room all day. Like, look in at fact, that. Look at emailed that. Look emailed at that. the DJ that I did it with and said, you know, you better make sure. Like he's he's going to university look at that cocky little yeah. asshole over yeah, there like, you, you, like don't treat him any different yeah. like he yeah. doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve any yeah. any fair treatment or whatever and i remember getting my first job and she said no you shouldn't take that and then i remember getting my second job and she said no you shouldn't take that and then a job offered to toronto no you can't stay anywhere you're, you're you, you leave <laughs> you, you keep leaving these jobs and so it was like a fight to get her to come around yeah. on, to the fact that this is what i wanted to do was it the same for you um not i wouldn't say it was a fight it was more when I said I wanted to do it. I think I'm sure in his head he was probably thinking the same thing like, oh, great. Like, mm. the business isn't as good as it was. The TV business was still fairly, I don't want to say lucrative because I don't think it's ever been lucrative, but it was still a fairly big thing. Like I said, there were still tons of local uh, Roger stations. People were still getting jobs. You know, TSM was in Sportsnet were still hiring tons of new anchors, that type of thing. But he basically said, and it's the reason I did the Rogers TV was he's like, I'm not sending you to college or university to do something as specific as sports TV. Because I knew right away, like if you would have asked me going into college, like, would you want to be an editor or producer or, and I I would have said, no, I want to be a sports reporter, like anchor. And so it was so specific. He was like, well, I'm not spending a ton of money on college or I'm not, you know, sending you away to school without you knowing you want to do it for sure. So go, go, go do an inter- So go, yeah. go do a co-op. And I, and I think looking back on it now, he actually wanted to see if I was any damn good at it. Cause if I did six months at the Rogers TV and I was horrible, some people just have it. And I think he probably would have been like, no, you're not doing this. You're bad. Right. Like he would have been honest enough. Just like the same thing with my brother in hockey where 
sorry, you're not going to be an NHLer. This mm-hmm. is kind of what you're going to be. If I was horrible after that co-op in Rogers, I think he would have said, find something new to do. And I probably would have listened to him, but he wasn't anti it. I think he just wanted to make sure that I was fully committed and that I was good enough at it to make it in a business that not a lot of people kind of do, mostly because I specifically wanted to do one thing and one thing only, and that was on air. Right. Me too. Yeah. So I think he just yep. wanted to know that I actually was serious and that I was any damn good at it. <laughs> I, I wasn't. <laughs> no, me neither. I was absolutely <laughs> we horrible. F- we fooled him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, have, I have a friend who has a family member in the biz who's not Adam. and um, you, you have more friends than Adam? I don't know. No, I don't think I mean, so. It's not a wide okay, group. Okay, we were listening. If, if you, listening if to he doesn't slowly. count. He yells all the time. <laughs> Here's how many people Adam knows. I was listening to a song in the car, and Adam's like, oh, who's this? I'm like, oh, this is Bishop Briggs. I really like her. He's like, oh, yeah, she's super nice. I talked to her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had coffee. Yeah, yeah. Ah! (laughs) Uh, I have a friend who has a family member in the biz, and he got a job at the same company as his dad, who was high up in this company, but he got it on his own merit, and he intentionally left the company to go work for another one to get out from under his shadow. He didn't. He didn't want anyone to perceive him as, I don't know, kind of being daddy's. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yep, yep. I get that. Yeah, we've like, yeah, of course. It's our parents work for Bell. We work for Rogers. Hey, for Bell. Rebel, not rebel. Yeah, that could be. There's no dad. Like your gang, though, because you're rebelling against Bell. That's right. You could be rebel. Yeah. Well, my my mom, every time I go into the kitchen, she reminds me that she's like, you know, this kitchen, Belle paid for this kitchen. So I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Thanks for making me feel welcome. (laughs) As did I make more money than you. Belle paid for this food. (laughs) Belle paid for the seat you're sitting in. Pretty much. Yeah. Was there there any sense of like, uh, because I assume you could have gone to a variety of places. Was there a sense that, okay, I can go anywhere, but I don't want to go to TSN? No, not really, to be honest. Sportsnet gave me my first chance mm-hmm. and like I, I was, and this isn't, there's no knock on anyone cause I wasn't ready at the time. And it, it, but I was, I worked at TSN from the time I was like, I don't know, 14 or something, just archiving clips and, you know, basically cutting highlights in the newsroom, that type of thing. And when I graduated school, I did a summer at TSN where I was kind of, uh, holding mics for Argos practices and going, you know, I went to the you know, the, the Rogers cup tennis and did interviews. And, you know, I, I never, it was never an on-air thing though. It was more of a field producer type role. And then eventually that led to CTV Barry, mm-hmm. which led to doing the updates on city, uh, city TV on the city news channel before it went defunct. But, and that was the first Sportsnet gave me the first opportunity. I got him. Jeff McDonald basically called me in almost straight out of school uh, and said, I saw your demo reel. It happened to fall on my desk. I don't mind it. You just need more. Like it was easy. Like, it's like, it's not. <laughs> I don't mind yeah. It was basically, it was, it was like, it, it, it's, it's, it's decent. Like, and I was like, okay, you're that's, adequate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, this is decent. Congratulations yeah. on your mediocrity. Yeah, get yeah. better. And yeah. basically get more experience. Then I went to CTV Barry and did some live work there and did some anchoring. And then I just sent him an updated version. And then he called me in and, was like, well, we don't have anything. And I'm like, great, another 
interview, another meeting where someone's like, we don't have anything, but keep trucking. Yeah. Well, you're going to have a lot of yeah. those. And then, then he finally, then he kind of buried the lead and was like, well, actually, we have these updates on city news if you want them. And I'm like, don't downplay. Like, like, we'll take yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'll do anything. Put like, put me on now. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Toronto. In Toronto, yeah. That's amazing. Right, the studio we're, we're in right now, basically, just downstairs, and that was kind of it. So Sportsnet really gave me my first opportunity then from there it just was winnipeg and, and that was so it's always been for me sportsnet well and if you're if you're in the states listening to this understand that starting in toronto is like starting new york chicago la like they they are the top three yeah. city centers in yeah. the states toronto is is all of those in 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 canada right yeah. it's just that big compared to everything yeah. else so mm-hmm. to start here is is a major and, and, accomplishment. and i was fortunate there was again like it, it sucks to even think about it because there was the platform of city news where it was you know two updates every hour and now that's gone too mm-hmm. so it's like everywhere that i got my start and everywhere that i did is now kind of in the past which is so that's where it's hard to think what the the next wave will do but you guys like you know youtube vlogs that type of thing but yeah it, it to start in toronto was awesome and then i moved to winnipeg and then basically i again got a break with ian mendez leaving Ottawa. So I did all the Sens broadcasts. Wow. And kind of got rushed into a little bit, but it was like, okay, go do this. Were you in Winnipeg when the team came back? No, no, I was there. It would have been like the midway through the year after. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't the first season, it would have been midway through the next. And I bet that enthusiasm had carried over. I was in Calgary at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were still in the honeymoon stage. Like, I've never seen hockey that was that exciting. It would be like against the Florida Panthers on like a Tuesday night. And you'd go in that building, you'd be like, this is the best thing ever. Because it was just, like, it was so loud. It was so ridiculous. The vibe outside the building was insane. Where, like, people sometimes ask, like, oh, like, I was living in Winnipeg, you know, moving from Toronto there on the weather. I'm like, I honestly don't remember anything other than how amazing it was to go to that building. Like, I was only there for two months, mind you. But, like, but it must have been cold. And did you like the city? I'm like, yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, because it was, I was there watching that. Which cold's is, cold, man. Yeah. Yeah, really. It, I mean, cold, Western cold is a bit different. Like, yeah. I'll take Western cold over Eastern yeah. cold. Anyway. Oh, it was, well, you bundle up, like, and you're fine. Like, yeah. you wear a hundred layers here. It's like, it just eats your soul. Yes. It just soaks into you and it's damp it's and wet. cold. Yeah. And yeah. 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 I yeah. mean, minus 15, minus 40. It's the difference of a few layers. Right. You're, not, you're not going to the beach that day. No, no exactly. Like, just, <laughs> exactly. Down. Although we say that, and then, you know, you get to Winnipeg, and it's minus 15, like, they deal with it for, like, six months. So, yeah, yeah. I apologize. I Winnipeg. And then in the, in the summertime, it's <laughs> plus 40 there, and yeah. mosquitoes. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. So I apologize to anyone out west who thinks we're downplaying their cold. Oh, no. Because it sucks. Well, no, they're they're proud of it. it. Yeah. When I moved out there, they're like, when I moved out there, they were like, oh, get ready. The winter's going to be yeah. great. It's and I'm like, like Game of Thrones. Like, the winter's Calgary, coming. Are you sure? And they're like, well, we get Chinooks, which yeah. melts everything. Yeah. And you'll find that it's a dark, it's a dry cold. I'm like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> and I, so I, you get into your house and you can just brush the snow off. Yeah. But in the East, as you know, if you live in Boston, New oh, York, yeah. Montreal, whatever, it soaks you. Yeah. You're wet. You're just yeah, wet all like winter. A drenched yeah. cat. Yeah. Uh, you turn the heat on and it's still damp and cold. Yeah. And, yeah. I got a buddy from Winnipeg Such who will just like wear like one of those bubble vests in minus 15, like standing outside, well, the, waiting in line and just be like, this oh, is yeah. nothing. If you're from Winnipeg, you're tough. Like you, yeah. you are mentally and physically tough. Like, it's like Russians. Yeah. They're just tougher. Yeah. They're just, they're tough, cold tough. They're, the climate has just made them a tougher bunch than us. Easterners, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, so you go to Ottawa. Yep. What happens there? So basically, it was I was in. I I expected to live in Winnipeg for like ever. I like you know like I was so pumped to go cover the Jets and be a part of that and have a full time Sportsnet job. And I remember my first ever. It was a 
it was actually a taped live hit um, in Winnipeg, and it was with Mark Spector. And so it was my first time on national TV, and you know, Mike English, who was my boss at the time, came out for the trip, and he was just standing behind the camera like oh, this, just no. walking. And I'm like, really? Because yeah, he was like, and he wasn't like he wasn't doing it to be. He was just there and like, enormous pet peeve. Oh like, no, you get. I, I would have. I mean, it's your yeah, first hit. I wouldn't have sent him off, but now I'd be like, please. And he, move. he was such a nice guy. Where like you know, just I just assumed he wants to watch, but it was taped, so it wasn't too bad. Okay. But still, like, it's pressure. It, it's basically like you know, I'm not going to do 18 takes and him go. Why the hell did we hire this kid? <laughs> like, and so we got through it fine, and you know, but the whole time you're like, you're just terrified. And Mark's a pro. Oh yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he he handled it so well, and he was he was so good about it. And then so I did that for a little bit, covered the Jets, and there wasn't a ton of work out there at the time, just because by then they were already over playoff position. It wasn't we didn't have a full time camera out there, but I remember my first ever live hit was in Buffalo, and it was the Jets. They were kind of making a late playoff push, so they sent me on the road for it, and I remember them counting me down in my ear. And they're like 10. And I just remember like blacking out. Like, I don't remember a thing. Like, yep. I, I don't know what I said. You throw the clips, you come back. And like, I remember I phoned my dad, like, you know, five minutes after. And I'm like, did I swear? Did I, am I going to be on YouTube? Like, what did I say? And he's like, no, it was, it was fine. Oh, good. And he was like, you did a decent job. I, I was like, oh my God, thank you. God. <laughs> <laughs> then your dad yeah. called you adequate. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So basically <laughs> the, the moral of the story is I'm just a mediocre human being. <laughs> How oh do you guys God. do it? What? Like live television. Oh, live television's fun. Yeah. It, once you get, uh, well. Because okay. it's exciting. Yeah. It's, it's. Anything can go wrong. Yeah. So and you, it, it will go wrong. Okay. I've had the earpiece 10, 9, and yeah. that, that's terrifying. I've done it with you, and that's easier because you and Dina are like mom and dad. Like you just kind of guide yeah. me through it. But like even the the clips I do in my basement that end up on Hockey Central during oh, yeah. the year, I, this is how I watch them at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing like, is, I've watched I've watched the file several times, yeah. but it's going on air, and I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to bug you again, but come closer to your microphone because I know it's going to come sound See, like you're dad. far away. But the, with the, I mean, the thing is, is that you sh- you record those clips and then you watch them. We don't. I mean, it's I, you gone. watch it as an air check. And that's what's great about... That's, that's horrible. That's but the thing is, we don't have to go and see it later, yeah, right? That's what's We're great about live it. is it, it's gone. Like yeah. it, it, it's And if you screw up, you just keep... Like, when you're taping something and you have, like, one little, you know, you say the wrong word or, or you kind of stutter, all of a sudden you're like, ah, oh, enough, do it again. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, I do that 90 and times a show. <laughs> with live, like, it does... You can't just stop and be like, okay, take two. Like, you just got to power through it, which is... Yeah. And afterwards, though, it's exciting. Like it's you, you did something. You kind of get that excitement of like it's live. Oh. It's exciting. Yeah. The yeah. hardest part I find about it is just the like this morning there was a there was two shootings in Toronto in two separate places last night. One at oh. Sherborne and uh, Queen, which is not a great area anyway. But no. there's a pub there, and then there was another at Bathurst and I forget Bathurst and St Clair or something. And both super tragic, right? Like bar fights, stuff like that. And, you know, you're going from, all right, we're doing a fitness segment. Everybody get up to <laughs> Two people have been yeah. shot. And Melanie, please give us more. See, and, I, and I don't know how, I'm, I'm from radio, right? So we make, you know, butt jokes. Yeah. And, and then, <laughs> and then I make fun of the Kardashians. And then there, and was, then, there was a shooting butt joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, actually, Mel actually had to say to me yesterday, Mel, Melanie, who does our news. And she's like, listen, you're very expressive. And that's super cool. But when you're throwing the news to me, just... Just bring it down just a little bit because we don't want like, wow, holy <laughs> shit. You wouldn't believe what happened last night. So Melody, yeah. there was a fire. Yeah. I don't understand how you guys do. See, like I do hockey and it's like 
Nazem Kadri had three goals and he's, you know, playing on a line now with so-and-so and so-and-so. Or like, you have to talk about shootings and fires and stuff that if you're not politically correct on it, you're you're in trouble. Like, you gotta you know, watch it. Yeah. Wa- like, where, where I'm just like, eh, Kadri had a good game and, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I go in Tim and Sidney's talk about, like, ridiculous stuff and you know that can the, go wrong too well, yeah. he did not yeah. have a good game <laughs> oh man that's the thing like the worst thing is you maybe say a a, a a stat or forget a name where you guys do a news it's kind of scary because mm-hmm. it's there's more at stake almost well and and again I don't have thankfully I don't really have to you know we can comment yeah. on the yeah. news thankfully yeah. I don't have to read it though yeah. reading the news would be well, especially with everything so politically correct now one <sighs> slip of the tongue and you're done on Twitter well, like you make I, one <laughs> honestly I, I look at it like this there's a whole culture right now of gotcha it's this gotcha culture like yeah. we're going to uncover all the cover up racists out there when somebody yeah. just slips and says something wrong yeah. right like and you make a mistake and yeah. all of a sudden you're People know, they know exactly what's going on in your head and you're a racist or you're a bad person. It's like, well, some people just make a mistake. Yeah. Some hey, people just is, say yeah. something stupid. And what here's, this here's why that's problematic. And, 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 and it's not, and it, yes, people that say stupid stuff online deserve to be reprimanded for it. Yep. yep. But I, I don't think it's the public's job to tear someone down. Publicly shame. Yeah. Well, well, I disagree. Yeah. I want to know what a Leafs six round pick said when they were 12. Yes. Well, that's because you are a freak. <laughs> <laughs> you are a weirdo and you are obsessed. No, you are Twitter, man. Yeah. No, this needs yeah, to this be is, a buzz. This, a buzz this right thing. here, what I'm looking at is just Twitter in, in um, a grown man's body. But the, no, but I mean, I'm the kidding, thing is, by the way. Yeah, of course. Okay. But the thing is, is that like, some people aren't. At a certain point, you have to just accept, listen, am I a decent person or am I not, am I not yeah. a decent person? Whatever you are, yeah. If if you're hiding the fact that you're not a decent person, then yeah, eventually you're going to get caught. But if you're a decent person and you make a mistake, then and yeah. people give you hell, then they give yeah. you hell. Well, like for example, okay, for me the one that really stood out was the You saw ga- the Bachelor yesterday. <laughs> Bachelorette. Sorry. Bachelorette. Yep. Get it right. Get, I know. Everyone, See? everyone on Twitter, and- get on Steve. Get out. But actually Bachelorette. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um the the guy that threw the beer can on the field at the Rogers Center. Right. Oh, he was, was a member a of the media. This morning, yep. Oh no! Yeah, was yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stupid, stupid, stupid move. Like really dumb. It's a mistake, though. Like we've all d- and 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 hey, yeah, he he had his day in court. Literally, it's a big mistake. It's a big mistake. Literally, he, he, yes. He, he got in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. He, but it was just everyone needed to crack a joke. Other media members, you know, everyone needed to get their joke in. And then you find out like the guy got let for, go from his job. His livelihood is now done. Like. And like I said, people deserve to get reprimanded for their mistakes, but in a way that doesn't totally, like, let's not try to ruin everyone's life mm-hmm. over a mistake. Yeah, there was a thing written today that was basically, it was uh, like a long read about just what his life has been like since yeah. that incident. And what was amazing to me is all the people who were responding, like, how dare you, like, try to excuse this person like, and, and give him yeah. a platform? I'm like... Okay, he, he didn't what, kill someone. What no, would he didn't. be enough for beer can? Yeah. What would be enough? He was charged. Lost his job. Lost yeah. his job. That humiliated. Has felt terrible yeah. for two years. Has been humiliated like, by every single person in Toronto yeah, on social media, basically. I think we basically. agree he deserved to be punished. What yeah. is enough? Like, yeah. like, I have no problem with them charging the guy and banning him from the Rogers Center, but you have to, like, 
Hard labor. And, and that's and that's what 40 it is. Years. That's what it is now, though, right? Like you make a mistake on social media, and or it gets captured on camera, and it's that's the world we live in, where you're going to be embarrassed for it, and people are going to tear mm-hmm. you down. And well, just, and I look at it like this, though. Like I've done and said pretty much everything that that wrong, right? Yeah. Like I've I've basically done done it all, and all these you mistakes, knocked a dog off a couch. Yeah, I mean, I, I abused uh, an animal you on did. my television. You did. Right? I saw that. Uh, the anger in your eyes was scary. <laughs> and it was but, wearing a cone. Why was it wearing a cone? Well, the, the first time what he knocked it off the couch. your dog, Adam? First I stomped on her paw. <laughs> then I brought her in to show off what I'd done. And then rolled her off the couch because fuck her. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> What did I agree to sign up for today? This is Welcome dark. to the Charlie McKenzie Podcast, everybody. This is all no, his idea. Just, can, I think, can I take my name off this? We gotta, no, we just got to... I think what we have to do is... is and this is hard for people because it's always like shame, shame, shame yeah, from I, Game of Thrones. But you have, you have to... F- Allow room to for people to improve and, and to yeah, mis- make a make, mistake and come back. Yeah, and there's mistakes where people say some stuff or do some stuff. Where you're like, okay, sorry, you're you're, you're on right. your own. Like yeah. you're, you're gone. You're done. Like that. Like you know, there's certain criminal. There, and hey, we all know what that yeah, line is exactly. But there's certain things where okay, like you know, you might have made a, a stupid tweet. Well, there's a great. There, there, it was a GQ article. The the woman who was going to South Africa and she made a, a racist remark. Mm. And she said she, like, I think it was like a ten-hour flight. Woke up, and her phone had like eighty thousand tweets and Ooh. people waiting at the airport. And, and so, oh yeah, people, oh, yeah. people oh, waiting yeah. at the airport. No. She, she got she got depressed. She, her life became a disaster. She, they basically forced her out of her job. She can't get hired to this day. Hey, stupid mistake. She never should have done it. Twitter basically made it their job to ruin this girl's life. Yeah. And hey, you got to think before you tweet. That's the simple fact. Sure. If she didn't tweet that, she would still have a great life. But, you know, there's certain things it's where... It's that strange line, right? Like, we all agree... It's the mob mentality on Twitter now mm-hmm. where one person makes a joke and it just starts to snowball and spit, and all of a sudden that person is the butt of a joke, and God forbid that person's a human being that actually is sitting there going, oh, crap, like, I'm my life, I'm embarrassed. Like, yeah. my life's over. But We agree there should be a consequence. There was one. Yeah, where does it, where is it? A consequence, enough? A consequence like is supposed the, to end, right? Yeah. You're supposed to do your penance and then like, move on. Like my, the one that I laughed at was Sean Spicer. It, Sean, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Where he, everyone thought he called Justin Trudeau Joe. Oh, which was just like. like, like oh, I don't even. Was it such a nothing too clip. too much to the, keep up with. Anyone in, anyone, nothing. anyone in TV is smart enough to know that he literally went to go say Justin and oh, and Joe and Joe Prime Minister Trudeau. Yeah. And he oh. clearly stammered on Justin and said Joe jo, and then finished it. But then there was people on TV like that make a living on TV that know that but yet just were like what an idiot calling of Joe Trudeau. I'm like the guy does enough stupid crap. We don't have to make stuff up about him. Well, it, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's away from the like, legitimately like, stupid. You don't. Yeah. You, don't yeah. you don't have to just grasp at straws to find something stupid. This guy's gonna do. And and yeah, I remember going on BT the next day, and I said, I know it's not gonna make me popular. Yeah. but I have to defend Sean well, Spicer. Well, <laughs> well, and, 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 and I and I tweeted that, and I was like, Ugh. I was like, guys, like, let's be honest. Everyone knows he didn't actually call him Joe. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, you Trump lover! I'm like, no, I'm no, just, I'm just pointing out an obvious. Well, fact. clearly you are. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> But you know, it is. It, you're right, and it, it's Mooch it's <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. It's a little aggressive. Yeah. It's a little aggressive. I I quit my job and I left my pregnant girlfriend to be on this podcast. Wow, wow! wow. You should text her when she has the baby. Nah. <laughs> congrats. I'll eventually. Hey, congrats. I'll eventually see it. 
<laughs> so I was trying to figure out which was the and just, most my girlfriend's not actually pregnant. No, we know, yeah. we know. It's yeah. Again, you have to you have to qualify because Twitter. Um, but okay, so let's. I want to know about you know you followed the Leafs this year. Yeah, and you know you saw them at the end of you know Randy's tenure, and then you know through the painful year that was last year, you saw them this year. And Steve made a point on the on the way over. He's you know you, you're putting together a video series, and you've had to cut some Leaf stuff. And you're like, they had a legitimate. Insane oh, a year. Legitimately insane. We're, it, for the 100 and 100 series, we're taking a, we're doing a, a video every day for 100 days yeah. of some of the greatest moments of this past season. And yes, I'm obviously There's a lot of them. I'm biased towards the Leafs, yeah. 100%. No, but we, <laughs> shocker. Yeah, exactly. shocker. But we had to cut so much yeah. Leaf stuff out of the top 100 to not seem biased against yeah. the Leafs. We were cutting out legitimately incredible moments. The Leafs Canucks brawl did not make it. Yeah. Which was, that was a crazy like the biggest moment. story of and the month. The year yeah, before, amazing. it was the opposite. You were having to cut out. You'd be like, "Salute Gate." Where was that the worst moment, or was there like there was a hundred <laughs> moments of just <laughs> horrible? <laughs> like, like you could have done that a hundred moments the year before, and there would have been as many horrible moments as there were. Yeah. Made. And that's the that's the crazy contrast between that year and this year. Like I, like I said, I haven't been in this business for 25, 30 years, but I've never seen a turnaround that was so negative and so dark to so good. Never. What? Never. Being around the team. Yeah. Could you sense it in training camp? Oh, yeah. It was just, it was a lot more light, more fun. And mm. the, the Leafs are an interesting dressing room to go into because, and this is no knock on anything, it's just the way the landscape is, is it's more of a, covering the Leafs, you don't get as much of an insight into the team or the room or the guys because there's so much media Oh, and so when I covered Ottawa, for example, like that's a great group of guys because you actually got time to sit and talk to them. Like you could be in the Senator's dressing room and Eric Carlson would finish his scrum with four or five of the locals. And then you could just sit and shoot the shit with them. And just, you know, what's going on, Carl? Like you could talk to Mark Mathot. I was there when Spezza was there. You could sit and talk to Jason Spezza about his new car he got just because there was only five or six other media mm-hmm. where guys felt comfortable where, and it's no knock on the least players whatsoever but in Toronto there's so much of it that if you were to go to try to talk to Austin Matthews even just off the record like hey Austin what's going on man I saw you got a new line tattoo like who did there'd be five other media that would come over because it's kind of a mob mentality of oh crap we can't miss out an Austin Matthews clip so mm. the players are a little more quick to the dressing room isn't necessarily, I don't want to call it a safe space, but it isn't necessarily a lounging area for them where they'll do their media and they'll go. And I don't blame them. That's no, that's no knock. And it's not saying they're a worse group of guys than the Sens or any other team, but because of the level of media and the amount of people, if they were to sit out there and tape their stick and do all that stuff, they would be doing media for four hours. Because it would be wave after wave. It would be other reporter. And there are quiet days where you can, like there were days, you know, in years past where you might get a conversation with Phil Kessel about something mm-hmm. where they might, and you will get conversations with guys, but it's just different. It's, I don't. It's less of a community. Yeah. It's yeah, more yeah, of a professional. It, 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 exactly. Exactly. Where, where Ottawa and even Winnipeg and, you know, a lot of these teams that you go and cover, you can sit and talk to a guy because they feel comfortable that, you know, someone might not be overhearing or listening or it might not end up on Twitter where there's just so much going on in the lease room. And I think there's been so many years of maybe negativity or stories that they don't want out there that it kind of changes their mindset of, I'm not going to sit around and talk to people 
and it's no knock on them. I wouldn't either. Like, and their paranoia has been validated. Like, many, on, exactly. On occasion, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this upcoming season because I think there's a lot of really good storytelling opportunities when yeah. it comes to the Leafs. I'm excited to find out who this past season's rookies are. Like, because yeah. now you can actually talk well, to them. Yeah, and, like, and, and that's the time in exactly. Matthews, Neil, it, well, well, that's Neil the, yeah, and, and for someone who does broadcast, not not least broadcast per se, but you know, I can really looking forward to seeing them in game. Hmm. Like, you know, like, you know, last year, Christine Simpson wasn't able to talk to those guys. They'd have an amazing period. I did a, you she know. She talked to like four guys. Exactly. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And you feel yeah. so bad because Martin. like, you know, I did a handful of least broadcasts last year and you would get like Bozak or Kadri and they'd come out and like they would be having a decent game. You know, they might be having a great game, but it, Matthews or Nylander or Marner did something amazing and like you just feel like an idiot saying to Nazem Kadri, oh, just how about that Marner goal? Like, it's like, you're, <laughs> talk- you're talking, about <laughs> scored, you're talking about a guy that scored 30 goals and like, yeah. but you feel like you almost have to, to do your job because you know, fans want to hear that, but you're asking a veteran guy who's an outstanding hockey player about a rookie where it, it kind in, you know, I, I don't blame them if they were like enough, like, <laughs> I'm a good hockey player too. Like, but you know, there was three guys that it, were it, exactly, it, exactly. So that's why I'm, you know, as a broadcaster, it's exciting because yeah. now when Austin Matthews goes end to end and does something amazing, you can get him and say, how about that? Instead of asking somebody else to talk about him, which I can understand would probably be annoying. Like, you know, if people kept coming up to me and being like, Hey, saw Steve's video. What do you think? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> <laughs> hate the guy. <laughs> like, sure is great. Yeah, it's like, great. Like, like as much as you love the guy, as much as your teammate, yeah. I'm sure it would, you know, talk to him about it. So that would be cool. And the other thing about this year's lease was there was just so much more. And I, I talked about not being able, you know, you don't get the same opportunity with a team like the lease to sit in, but you can, like I, I've had conversations with Matthews for broadcast about his suits and Marner, about the purple mm-hmm. one where that is different last year where these guys have a lot of personality. Not that the guys didn't, but they're young. They're not afraid to share it with you. They, they'll wear crazy hats and they'll wear purple suits. You know, that is kind of a different feel. They're excitable. Well, and it, it, when, yeah, and they're entertaining. When things are going well, it's easier to be that way, I think. When you're in last place and you're loosey-goosey, people yeah. think you're a joke. Yeah, and right? that's again, that's the... That's the Twitterverse where, yeah. you know, if... Every little thing. Well, it, you know, if Austin Matthews wears a purple suit or fedora or, yeah. you know, it's, the guy's amazing. If some other guy does it that had a horrible two weeks, how dare he wear nice clothes? Like, yeah. oh. he should be wearing Now Henry doesn't well, care about winning. What's that? They're in the playoffs and he's the exact same? Yeah, yeah, yeah like how... Like, <laughs> the like, Florida picture when they were fishing. Yeah, oh my, don't even oh. get me. Don't even get me started. <laughs> they lost that game because they caught a fish, you guys. Oh, that was the dumbest thing in the... <laughs> like, what were... Like, and that's... <laughs> and not, and there's a lot of smart hockey fans, but do hockey fans, the ones that roasted the fishing guys, do they really think, like of all the options that those guys could have done in Florida during that trip, fishing is the least of them. That's least a fascinating physical. thing about Twitter because I, I ask myself that question often when I see yeah. people react crazily to things. I don't think they do, like, which do makes they, it more confusing. Like, do, they, do they not understand that like 10 years ago, those guys would have been at a bar all night long and oh. then played the next day and no one would know any different. Yeah. Like, like that's what it, it, 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't really want to say 10 years ago. Like It could have happened. There could have been four or five other guys on that trip. Well, and I'm not saying the guys, right? Well, like, and, so, yeah, like, and I'm not saying I know. Like, I'm just. How many fish did they catch? Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, like, and it's like, oh my God, they went fishing in the sun. What, <laughs> what do you expect these young 19 year old, 20 year old millionaires to do on an off day? Well, like, I want it could be a lot worse than fishing. Yeah. Like, it could be a lot worse than fishing. And that's what sucks. Sometimes about Twitter and about the level of media in Toronto is that there was that was a quiet trip for us. There was only four or five media there, so that's when you get the good stories. That's when you, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're there, and they're sitting there reading all these tweets and all this crap about the, lockdown, and you're and you're there, and you're like, and like you actually feel like going to some of the guys and being like, hey, sorry. Like, yeah. like it's not me. Like it's, it, but you can't because then you just look like you know. Then you're just trying to like, you just have to trust that. And most those mm-hmm. guys know. Like for example, uh, and I think it ended up actually going to air. I think it was Bozak or someone started the scrum with. Like they had a great win, the one in Tampa right after. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, Thursday, yeah. And he started the scrum I think with. It was Bozak. And he started the scrum with bonding trip, <laughs> and like like that was his reason for the win. <laughs> the, someone was like, you know what? Then it was a great team bonding trip. And like, he just started killing and afterwards he was joking with us. And like, so I think these guys get it, but it's hard because they get ripped for something like that. And then they have to go face the media and it's like, well, it was you guys that did it. No, I think <laughs> that, yeah, that was the Florida trip. I think they like, didn't they get destroyed by the Hor- Panthers? Horribly. And like, then yeah. like best game yeah, of the it season. It was the worst. Yeah. yeah. Like they were yeah. The game they should have won against Florida, they didn't. The game they probably yeah. shouldn't have won in Tampa, they did Exactly. They and and, and yeah, they were in a yeah, playoff yeah. race and people were emotional and they lost the game they shouldn't. But guess what? Hockey team sucks sometimes. Yeah. Good teams, yeah. bad There's teams. There's 82 games. Yeah. But it was just, it was poorly timed yeah. because they were so close to the playoffs. And, and the Leafs weren't the, like, they weren't the Pittsburgh Penguins. They weren't a team that's expected to go in every night and just crush teams. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they had a horribly shitty hockey game. We've seen that before. It took yeah. us about three or four months to get spoiled. Like, we expected yeah. them to miss the playoffs by, like, a wide margin. Yeah. And then, they're still in it! <laughs> I remember, Let's go! Yeah. Well, it was, like, after that Florida, like, uh, I remember, it was, like, a feeling of, like, this really gonna happen? Like, yeah. like yeah. I felt I felt bad for people like you, who, who, <laughs> Me whose, too. whose emotional status rests on what they do. With the entire last, like, I don't know, two months of the regular season, we were talking about like, no, if they miss the playoffs, I will be devastated. Well, yeah, everything I said before is out the window. That's off the table. Did, I will be brokenhearted if they miss. You would be walking down Blue Street just screaming, yes. just no! yelling. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, was I think Steve. Steve and Jesse and I were having a conversation about it in, I want to say, December or early January. If you remember, Jesse, let me know. Um, but it was Steve's like, because we'd all started the year with like, what's your predi- what's the yeah. percentage chance of making the playoffs? I said 25. I think you said 25. 20 Jesse's 25. like, no, they're going to make it just because Jesse likes to make That's outlandish impressive. claims like that. And he was right. Well, it felt outlandish at the time Jesse, just because of the season. Jesse, don't take this crap. Man. And uh, <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, and Steve by d- January was like, well, if they don't make it now, it would be like, somewhat of a disappointment and then by April by March you're like this would be horrible what another collapse it would be worse than Boston it's amazing how like that negativity is just rooted in your brain of like (laughs) they're treating us to something so special when's it gonna collapse (laughs) when's it gonna fall apart earlier earlier in the show you were talking about Babcock trying to get a message across and it was amazing like as the regular season was winding down his message was purely 
just do it. Like yeah. you can yeah. do it. Yeah. Get it out of your head. Get yeah. the past out of your head. Yeah, just, it was it was his version of burn the boats. Like, and, and, and he was and he was also good at kind of just like everyone calm down. Yeah. Like losses, mm. he, he wins losses. He was all like just calm down. Like he was almost preparing for either the, the, the euphoria that they made it or the devastation that they didn't. He, like one of those was going to happen and he's a smart enough guy to know that there would be a lot of emotional swing either way mm-hmm. and he was almost preparing okay everyone pumped and it was more of a message to the media and everyone pumped the brakes and whatever happens is going to happen but we can do it <laughs> it, it almost felt like you know because those games towards the end right they, it, it does swing because yeah. you when you're actually in it and that's rare for us um, you're not used to the emotion. I yep. feel like I felt like we were rookies too, going back as fans, right? You're almost like a rookie fan. You forgot how much it, how much you invest in these these games, and I almost felt like that particular run. You know, they get in it with one point. Yeah, prepared them for that series against Big Washington time. because they were going and playing their best hockey. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you were there. Uh, and you like from what you saw is that is that kind of the impression you got that they were sharp and they were ready to go? Yeah, they were rolling in. They were rolling in hot, like they were on an emotional high, and that can either be great the way it worked out for them, or detrimental. Where all of a sudden, some teams would make it, and it would be this emotional high, and then it would just crash and four game sweep to the Capitals. You know that we which thought, everyone thought was happening. Which yeah. would yeah, and and I think that was a fair assessment to think that they made it. The Capitals are the President's Trophy winning. They're amazing. That that high was so high that you know it, it's. But then it just kept going, going, the caps going. Caps had recently beat them pretty handily, and the mm-hmm. caps, yep. the caps went in not looking like the cap, like you know. And it was almost the perfect storm of two teams, one kind of peaking, one a little bit on a speed wobble, and ultimately what was probably going to happen happened. The caps won, but that, like, if you're a Leafs fan, like I ask you, like, how excited are you for this to start up again after that oh. series? Like, like, it, oh, uh, I, 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 well, I'm worried because it was almost too high of a high. It well. So last week we talked about where the Leafs rank in the East, or at least the Atlantic. And I'm like, I don't know, second, like maybe. Like I looked at the playoffs. So you know, the Penguins yep. broke a record most times yep. outshot on route to a Stanley Cup win. Not calling it luck or any of that, but there is a little bit of oh, luck yeah. involved yep. in the sports. In in sports, the Leafs had a six had six one goal games, five overtimes against the Capitals. The Capitals flat out end of discussion should have beat the Penguins. They should yep. have. And they did not. Leafs were this close. This close. Yep. I know it was six games, but they were this close. Like, it's hard to temper expectations. But mm-hmm. then, I mean... Tampa's it, never going to be that bad again. Tampa's never no, going to be that no. bad again. Well, the team I have the Leafs behind in the Atlantic is Tampa, yeah. who mm-hmm. didn't even make the playoffs. If Nashville replays Chicago, well, is is it a four-game sweep? I highly doubt that. Minnesota probably beat St. Louis. Um, th- there's so many ifs. A uh, buddy of well, mine I, once said, "The best team in hockey rarely wins the Stanley Cup." Yeah, and, and my you know? my if and my concern for the Maple Leafs is just their health. Mm. Like yep. that was mm-hmm. that was an anomaly. I don't think you're ever going to see the Maple Leafs in the next little bit be that healthy again. Like you won't have that many impact players. You know, the Matthews, the, the Marners, even the Connor Brandt, like. Nobody went down. Like, like nobody, like, and that was just consistent. 
Like Mitch the, Marner got one. Yeah, the, get, the shoulder, I shoulder. believe. Yeah, he missed late in the, late in about the, a week. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. still, fin- you know, still broke the rookie record in yeah. points and that sort of for the league. Well, Brown like that, had eighty-two yeah. games, right? Yeah, full eighty-two. No, no, seventy-two. Nine, nine guys, nine guys had eighty-two, and Nylander had eighty-one. Yeah, right. So it was basically Brown. No, I think Brown hit his bonus because he Brown hit, played them all. He played he them all. He, he had a bonus because of it. Oh, yeah. he started on the fourth because yeah. I was like Milan Mahalik, who came in for him. He, yeah, forget injuries. It was amazing. He started opening night. Yeah. Yeah, that's the and, and so that if Sosh is healthy, he probably doesn't. And, you know, the odds are you roll the dice that there's going to be a sophomore slump for one of them. Yeah, there's going to be injuries, and that's you know maybe not, but there isn't going to be that same level of consistency. I don't think, and that's not to say they won't easily deal with it, and just like most teams do. Yeah. You know, it's so many factors. It, right? it, yeah, but they're an unbelievably talented team. It, whether they're injured, whether they're, uh, you know, sophomore slump, they have so much skill and so much talent. Mm-hmm. It, it, what their back end's going to do, that's going to be a predictor. <laughs> Hopefully, okay. you know, will will Freddie be the same guy we saw that you know finished the season? That that that's a huge factor. Mm-hmm. He looked like a number one goalie, and mm-hmm. if he is, then the Maple Leafs are going to be a great team for a long time. One thing I was excited for last year is I thought. Uh, you know, the NHL team may or may not be great. We didn't know. Yeah. But I, w- I had a lot of confidence in the AHL depth. Yeah. And we didn't even get to see that. Yeah. So, like, there, that's another one of the variety of factors, you know. Might have some injuries. Some guys might get better. Yeah. Some guys might get worse. AHL guys might be really yeah. good. AHL guys a, might be really bad. It's like, always funny to see the correlation, like, between, like, when the Marlies were super good and the Leafs mm-hmm. were bad. Then it starts to level off and then the Marlies start to not be as good and it's like I don't know if you ever want your AHL team to be like the championship team full of 35 year old stars like you know (laughs) like you almost want your AHL team to be decent filled with some prospects but you know the least well that was the 2012 team yeah yeah, because they were just waiting for all those guys that are now impact players where now it's going to be the Leafs that are kind of benefiting from that Mm -hmm. but like like I I look at the current team they have they they already up front have like an extra line well that's like they're gonna have to wave guys that there, there was points where like we were watching games and seeing the line matchups and going like their depth is stupid like their forward depth it's oh crazy. Yeah. Like, it, it's it, crazy. like they they were matching it got like, crazier yeah it was it was just like so much skill their fourth line had so much skill on it at certain points You're like this is unbelievable well yeah when you got a captain and and yeah. brian boyle and, exactly and, you know like, that yeah. was crazy exactly. when you can roll that line out as a fourth line in the playoffs, like that's pretty damn. We saw what it did against the Capitals. It's pretty damn good. So you saw this. Uh, you saw the team. You know, intimately. You were in the yep. dressing room. You've, you've talked to the guys and that sort of yep. thing. Patrick Marlowe. I don't need to. I don't think we need to get into whether he was overpaid or too many years or whatever. Yeah. What I, I want to know is what is he? What do you know about Patrick Marlowe personally that we you know we wouldn't know? And then what do you know? And and what do you think he brings to that room? Personally, I can't speak a whole lot about him because. We only ha- cover a handful of sharks, you know. And yeah, he's a guy that you would talk to in a scrum, and you do the normal hockey questions. But he's not a guy that you would ever kind of sit down with and get to know. But I've never heard a bad word about him. I've never heard, and I, I people a lot of times, oh, the, he's going to be a great mentor. Not really. Like you know, you, you're he's there to play hockey, and sometimes a lot of people got asked the older players that when they came to that dressing, were you going to be a mentor? And even Brian Boyle, I kept you know, met, he's like kids are pretty good like I don't like I don't I don't need to have <laughs> oh, them so over for dinner like, there. Yeah, like, what did like, they expect like, him to do well, yeah. expect, all right everybody who's been here all me. year yeah, like, <laughs> uh, carpool and like no he's these guys are there to play hockey and they're there to get wins like these guys have a mentor Mike Babcock Brendan Shannon Lou Lamorello like yeah they need leadership that's that's 
not at all a question, but Patrick Marlowe is there to score goals. And I can't speak to him like as somebody I (laughs) 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 He can skate. He can skate. That's he can the skate. Key. He can skate. He can skate. This isn't like this isn't like signing Yager and saying, "Well, I wonder how we'll fit into our." He can skate. Mm-hmm. He can skate with these young kids, and skating is just like I know you don't love his stats, do you? Uh, you didn't hate that deal. Uh, well, it's a little long for me. It's, but this day and age, you say it's a little long with the way yeah. the Leafs do the cap. Are you really that concerned about the third no, year? No, I liked I liked the goal total a lot, and then I looked at the points, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, how come he didn't have any assists? Oh, Joe, jo- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thornton, exactly. But, but Thornton so was setting up all those goals. For, yeah. for me, it's I love the deal because so you ha- you have to give him the third year because mm-hmm. if you don't yes. give him the third year, he's you not coming. You, yeah. It's he's, free agency. He's going you somewhere are else. Overpaying one hundred. You have to yeah. for everyone. The Leafs have a window. It, it's it's a big window. Don't get me wrong, but you're coming off last season. You can't sit here and go, well, we're, maybe we'll wait three or four years. No, because you're going to have to sign the big boys. You're going to have to start mm-hmm. worrying about the cap even more so than like after the McDavid deal, what do you sign Matthews to? Mm-hmm. What do you sign Marner to? What do you sign Nylander to? So you have all these guys right now locked up under good term. This is a window to do something. And their, their window will be past this too because they're still going to have a ton of talent. But you can bring in a guy like Patrick Marlowe and, you know, that just pushes them over that edge. If they have another year like they did last year, they have even more depth. Mm-hmm. So you take your shot. Yeah, it might cost you one extra year you don't want, but you're bringing in a guy that can skate, that is as much as people maybe don't want to hear, but a great room guy, great intangibles. I know that's a word that sparks some debate amongst hockey people. Well, I think because it's overused. Yeah. But, yeah. but there are, I mean, to, to, to say that a guy's, if a guy comes in and he's a negative asshole, yeah. That makes yeah. a difference, yeah. right? Like, you don't want that. Well, intangibles uh, and great room guy is negative, I think, when it's all you got. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're, yeah. So for, Patrick freaking Marlowe. For example, Marlo. if yeah. Patrick Marlowe couldn't skate and was on his last leg. Had and, broken two legs, say, yeah. and maybe was signed to a three-year contract. Something like I don't that. know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> if he couldn't skate, if he didn't put up good goal totals, then people, why the hell are we, you know, just because he's a, that's why I say the leadership thing, like that stuff I feel gets overblown. Yes, he's a great leader and he's going to be a great guy, but you sign him for what he does on the ice mm-hmm. and he can skate. And I'm really curious to see what a guy that can skate like that does with this much skill. Imagine some of these guys that he can either find them the puck or he can find them the puck. Yeah. Well, and, and what, where do you see him slotting in? Do, does he sit on that Matthews Nylander spare? Oh or is that, or is that, does that remain Zach Hyman who played a useful role? There's people that argue that he didn't, but I, I think he did, uh, on that line. If, if it's me, I want to see Marlowe there instead of Hyman. And that's no knock yeah. on Hyman. Mm-hmm. Just because there was times throughout the season where Matthews would give the puck to Hyman in the front and nothing with, would happen with it. Yeah. But that being said, how many times was there when Hyman went and got the puck for Matthews and Matthews did something with it in front? And I'm, I'm not one of those people that hates Hyman on that line. I just think if you have someone with a bit more skill that can skate the way he does, then you try it out. And I, I've also never covered a team that, like Babcock didn't change his lines last year. No, they almost were, never. It, it was the best team to cover because I never had to once, maybe a few times, but it was never one of those things where I had to go to a morning skate and be like, so-and-so is with so-and-so. Yeah. And it would be a big freak out. Like right. it, it was just consistent. Brown was the only yeah. guy who played on all four lines, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone else did. There wasn't major shakeups. There wasn't major moments where you show up and go, there was a couple of practices where you go, oh, this is weird. And then you talk to Babcock after and he goes, well, I wouldn't read into it. 
and <laughs> you can actually trust him because next game the morning skate it was back to the way it was yeah. right but it's, I think I think you get a guy like that you're gonna try him you're not just gonna lock him in on the second third fourth line and go oh well, that's what he is you're, you're, you're gonna <laughs> that's a pretty uh, good uh, uh, like you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna try him with Austin Matthews and see sure. what can Patrick Marleau do with Austin Matthews you're, like <gasps> I love Zach Hyman as a hockey player but he doesn't earn that right to be locked in on that line with like he's it's not yeah. like two guys that have played together for 10 years and it's not Marlowe and Thornton here mm-hmm. it, it, I'm it's, really it, interested yeah. yeah I I part of me it's a super unpopular opinion but part of me says just keep that Matthews line together and then you can put Marlowe you know in a more sheltered in, environment on a line that is basically just as skilled yeah. <laughs> if not more and he can still tear it up you can put him with Komarov and Kadri if you wanted to that's, well, and that's got a 30 goal score and on that's, it. And that's like, the thing about the, the Leafs' depth is there are a lot of teams that you sign a guy like Patrick Marlowe. Right now, I could tell you who he's going to play with. And, mm. and and GMs and coaches would say, we signed this guy to play with so-and-so. We signed Patrick Marlowe to play with this guy. Where the Leafs, you don't have to do that because you can say, well, we'll play him with him. We'll play him with Kadri. We'll play him mm-hmm. with Matthews. We'll play him... With Dominic Moore? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right, fine. Um, yeah. Even it, then, it would be Marlo Moore, like, Kapanen. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, that's that what I mean. Like, very yeah. fast line. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like it's... Oh, God, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not... It's not a locked-in situation where Marlo fits just with one player, and that's what's so great about the lease right now is... Mm-hmm. It's uh, like Steve's like shaking with excitement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched a video the other day. It was the final five minutes of the Pittsburgh clinch game. Yeah, and then the Kapanen double OT and the um, the uh, game three win and comeback that I was at. My blood was made of like Red Bull and gasoline. I just wanted well, to run through a brick I'm, wall. Like I can't believe the season, the regular season's two months away. I, ah! yeah. I'm dying, man. I can understand because I, I got a taste of, like, I'm, I'm not a fan of any team. I, I was a Colorado Avalanche fan when I was young. That faded. Mm-hmm. A, lo- a lot of guys Thanks were. For, yeah, a lot, well, a lot of guys Ford in Ontario Sackick, were. I, mean, well, I, 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 yeah. I was, when I was six, it would have been uh, 90, yeah. I was six or seven. I saw them win the cup in 96, the triple oh. overtime UA croup goal. Wow. In Florida? In Florida, yeah. We went down to You visit. were in Florida? Yeah. Went down no. to dog trainer, you wake Krupp. <laughs> yep. It's, what a goal. Do you know that story? No. So he scores that goal and then signs, what, a four-year deal with yep. Detroit worth 20 million bucks and has a back injury and ends up on like ESPN3 with dogs or something at like a dog really? training. Th- yeah. That's amazing. Oh. And there was like a huge thing about if it was but he today, scored that one nothing goal yeah he would have been eviscerated today but back yeah. like he rode that goal to 20 million bucks damn like, right that was a hell of a goal it was yeah. I, I remember i was and i was so i was only six or seven and so i didn't like i was just a potato like my brain wasn't, <laughs> like, I was just, wasn't even a i was just like nothing and so i didn't have any thoughts of my own but all i i went and bought the plastic rats because that was when the big rat thing was was huge and all i wanted to do was throw my rats on the ice and so it's like Single overtime. I'm like, oh, okay, oh no! <laughs> Hold and, 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 there, and there hasn't been a goal. Yeah. So now I'm like, I just want to throw this damn rat on the ice. And I have like ten plastic ones. And second overtime, nothing. So third overtime, and I, I just start, and then I love the Avalanche jerseys. They're cool. As a six year old, you see the like brand new. It's, yeah. uh, and you're like, this is amazing. So then I became a huge Sackick and Forsberg fan. But back to the main point, I haven't. I don't have a favorite team. You, you just you lose it covering so much different hockey because you start cheering for certain scenarios like you cheer for like for example not to bring it up the the Bruins Leaf series go ahead I was only covering the 
Toronto side of that. I wasn't going to Boston and back and forth the Rashford Danny was, but there was two scenarios. I was either going to get in the car the next day and drive to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to cover the Pittsburgh Ottawa series if the Leafs lost, or I was going to be the only reporter on the Leafs Ranger series. <sighs> As like a 22 year old going to Manhattan, to, I was like, Ugh. so I'm like, so you cheer for things that help you out. And that's what the media is kind of all about. So I've never had a team, but even watching last year's playoffs, like I could understand the feeling Leafs fans had because I wasn't cheering for them. I wasn't, but you're like, this is the most exciting. It was the best hockey I saw playoffs. I covered every series and I didn't see a series like that. It's a little bit like Nashville. Like yeah. how many, how many oh people, my God. that was amazing. How yeah. many people around the hockey world outside of Tennessee were like, go Preds. Oh, it, it, yeah. But they're, they were fun and, and, the, and the fun the city had was infectious. And you start to feel what kind of a fan might feel. You don't feel the same, you know, the. You're excited for them. Yeah, exactly. You know? And like, like, you know, you don't feel the same letdown when they lose or the same, you know, high when they score, but you're like, oh, this would be, imagine your emotional investment riding on this Leafs team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing directly at Steve. Like, I don't know, like when they lost, it was just kind of like, oh, that's a shame. It's like whenever we bring up the Boston-Vancouver series. Oh, And yeah. I bring it up so nonchalantly, and every time I get tweets like, fuck you. Why are you, bringing <laughs> Why are you making me that was six years ago? How <laughs> dare you? And, and like, oh. you, you never know how to act. Like, I had to cover the losing dressing room in Nashville, and you, like, oh. you always oh, have to do the, dressing room you always have to do the fake sore. Like, you never know, like what to do you're just like kind of like fake how did sad. that feel like, like you're always like fakes like and you always give like the what what are you feeling right now yeah like, like you're like hey what's up like, <laughs> I, I know it sucks like you're like whispering like what would you say <laughs> like you ever seen you ever seen reporters like like you ever been part of a scrum where everyone unanimously took mercy on the person they were interviewing and just ended it y- yes and no because you, you everyone's you know when, see, that's the thing is, you know when to show, the times you see a lot of mercy is when something like really bad happens and all the news people come in and i not knocking the news people, but they come in for three, two or three times a year mm-hmm. and they just hate, like they just, cause there's no mercy mm-hmm. and cause their job and they have a job to do is to go there and demand answers. You know, it was And after, they're used to dealing with politicians too, it, right? Well, ex- exactly. And mm-hmm. so, that's so, a different ballgame. And so that's when... You don't saw but you almost, you have to almost play the mediator because you need your answers. Like you need real hockey answers. Like after the salute gate, for example. Yep. Like 30 media cameras oh. running around full speed. Like it was, it was almost like it was like a, uh, an election or something. They're rushing guys and the PR's trying to calm everyone down. But normally we would just casually, even on a day like that, you go up, you get set, you, you, you know, and you ask fair questions and cause you need your answers and you need to write your story on it. And it started to become like, what were you thinking? What, like who orchestrated this? And it was like, like, and, and then you're, the guys are getting more and more riled up and you're missing out on the stories you need for like yeah. the clips I need where a logical, this is what, you know. And so then you almost have to not show sympathy, but kind of bring it back. Like, Hey, like, listen, what, then you have to ask kind of the logical not softball question, but maybe a little bit more empathy than just what were you thinking, that type of thing. So there are scrums where, yeah, they're going with a little bit more like, you also know when the wrong time to go in hard on a guy might be and just not get anything. I, I, I think I get where you're coming at because like it's, it almost sounds like the news people, you know, are 
My, you might you might be listening to this and go, well, they have more journalistic integrity. But because they're there two or three times yeah. a year, they're able to just napalm the entire dressing yeah. room and, 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 and then well, leave and, and come back yeah. several and, and, months and later. That's, and that's the <laughs> and that's a frustrating thing about. And I, I understand where fans come from, where they want more, they want totally. hard hitting questions. Sure, but me too. There's also people don't realize you're not going to get anything. You can ask it. You can ask it. First of all, you're you're never going to get the answer you want like you you go into a babcock scrum mm. and you, fans want to know why do you keep playing zach hyman with this thing why is zach hyman still with austin matthews okay that's a fair question we asked it we ask it once and because I, I want i want him there he gets pucks and he's a good man and he helps austin okay there's your answer so Wait, fan, fa- fans aren't happy with that answer so it keeps going on so you try to ask it again to babs and all of a sudden he snaps at you and then he's never taking any of your other questions serious. Like there's only so many times you can ask a guy something or there's only s- certain ways you can ask a guy without him snapping Because not at only you. do you not get the answer then, you'll never get another one. No, th- th- then all of a sudden, yeah, then when you actually need a real, like there's, you pick your spots. Pose right. it as a Twitter question. Listen, Babs, I know I've asked you this before, yeah. but Goku69 <laughs> wants to know well, <laughs> well, the infamous, why is Hyman yeah. still with... Yeah. Well, the infamous um, Kessel Festcheck. Oh, that. Which one? Oh, the, uh, this guy's an idiot, the, right? The, the, this the, guy's the, such the, an tough idiot. to coach one. So Festcheck asked a question that way, and yeah. you know he asked a question that was fair. You know, People were saying that Kessel was uncoachable, but Phil said, well, who said that? Well, people, are you saying that? And that was the exchange. And like, Fester's not going to say, yes, it was me, because it wasn't him. But it's a question that had to be asked. Mm-hmm. But Kessel took it, you know, he saw the little window of, well, this is what I'm going to pick on. And it was neither side's fault. Mm. And then people on Twitter go, what's this idiot doing asking Kessel that? Or Kessel's an idiot for snapping Well, that's kind of how I thought. I, th- I thought like, well, what the hell is that? What does that question possibly do at this particular moment, right? It, it, and and, and that, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm well, fine well, with that. Okay, and so it got... A soundbite. Sure did. And yeah. I don't know if that was his intent, but Dave's a great writer. And he had us. We all have a story or an angle that we need. Mm-hmm. And that's what people. So some people hear a question. That's the dumbest question in the world. That guy had a reason for asking it. Sometimes it's a dumb reason. Sometimes it's not. Like that's what is kind of misconstrued. We don't go in on a day to day basis and just say, oh, I'm going to fire eight questions that I haven't even thought about. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have an idea of what you need and how it's going to play. And I know a lot of people, why don't you ask this? Why don't you ask that? Like, I would like to see half the people get in front of Mike Babcock and demand an answer for something. (laughs) Good luck. Demand anything. Yeah. Like good luck. I haven't even introduced myself yet. (laughs) Yeah. Like good luck. Like it's, it's not, and I'm not saying people should have sympathy for the job, like, cause it's an unbelievably amazing job and, but there's also certain nuances that I think people on Twitter don't necessarily understand. And why would they? They're not there. They weren't trained. You know, it's not, and they have a right to say, we want more different questions. But there's also, if I ask that question, I'm never getting the answer you want, nor will I ever be able to ask a question again. That's kind of the, the simplest way to say it. Uh, a couple things. So uh, going back to the Hyman thing, I know a lot of coaches really hate lineup questions. Oh, the, yeah. Who, who are some of them who like have just... You know, you maybe ask why someone's on the left wing or something, and they just blow up at you. Most coaches are good. It, it, it all depends on the context. Yeah. Like the Hyman one would eventually, like, because it got so old for Babs, mm. where like if he if he put somebody new with Matthews, you would ask why does so and so fit with Matthews? Oh, because he does this well. But if you ask why did you move Hyman off that line, 
It's all how you word things. Because mm-hmm. Mike's a really literal guy. So if you ask him something, he won't, like, he's not going to guess at what you're meaning. He's going to give you the answer that you ask. Like if I, so you need to be straight with your you, question. You need to be straight. You need to be, you can't, he's too smart. You're not going to trap him. You're not going to lead him down. You need to just ask him the question that you want. And you might have to word it in a way that isn't so like, yeah. So if you wanted, like, if you want the answer and why did you move Hyman off that line? He might not give it to you, but he's going to address that as your point. Whereas if you say, you know, why is Connor Brown playing with Austin Matthews? He'll just tell you why Connor Brown is where other coaches might say, well, we moved him up there because we wanted Zach with somebody else where Babs will give you exactly what you asked and that's it. So you have to always formulate what you're going to ask to get the right answer. I asked that one because do, do you know Rob Wong? Yep. Is I think it's like first ever scrum, or it might have been his first Raptors scrum. He asked Sam Mitchell, who's Raptors yeah. coach. At Rob the time. Wong, by the way, sports uh, sports yeah, anchor, great sports guy. Sorry, yeah. the fan. Yeah. We yeah. should say that. Yeah, my bad. This is this is why you're a professional person, <laughs> no, and I, I just, am YouTube. I just want anybody listening from uh, uh, Kentucky. Yes, that's a hell of a host right there. <laughs> <laughs> just traffic copping. <laughs> so he he asked Sam Mitchell about someone's minutes. I yeah. don't remember who it was. And there's just this legendary clip, and it's his well, first friggin' I, I, scrum, I, I, yeah. and he just Mitchell just yeah. tears ice, the ice time yeah. and stuff like that's a tough one. Like asking yeah. a coach why they used a certain play. Like we had to do it with Ovechkin in the uh, Pittsburgh series. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did he get his ice time slash? Yeah, yeah. He, I think I remember. In the yeah, last, yeah. It, he like got benched. Well, his leg was last couple better. games. Well, yeah, and, and again is like we all thought maybe he's injured, but you can't not ask because he played. Some ridiculous low. Was it? Was it fifteen minutes or something? Yeah, it was like that? fourteen ninety, uh, fourteen sixty yeah. or like something like that. Third yeah. yeah, he was playing like he yeah. was like the eighth most played player on the team or something like that. Crazy. And so you know, we we had to keep like asking. Hunter's the coach again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we had to keep asking, and you know, part of you in the back here, you're thinking, okay, maybe he could be injured, but you can't just assume he could be benched. So you have to go ask the question, and you know, Trotz is a pretty good guy like he'll answer the question and stuff but other coaches would just blast you for it because each game why, why why were Alex's minutes only 15 well because of this why were Alex's minutes only 14 it's like how many times can you keep asking and asking before a coach like enough yeah so that's kind of the it's like Groundhog Day <sighs> man it's it's an intense intense thing I have to say though I love as much as we get nothing out of them I do love the way the Maple Leafs are handling the media because oh. they finally figured it out yep. And, you know, it it must be frustrating when, you know, Connor Brown eventually signs and we don't get a, we're not going to get term. Like they'll tell us maybe three years or whatever it is, but they're never going to tell us how much and we're going to sort of piece it together. Uh, For you, uh, Sean, is that frustrating or is that kind of like, okay, is this, let's get creative here. You could only work with what you're given. Like there are people that probably get frustrated. You can only do with what you have. Like, you know, it, it, they give you, and again, it's not, if I'm someone like Elliot Friedman or someone, then maybe it's a little more challenging because all that's the job is to find the numbers, to get the inside scoop where I'm not an insider or an analyst. So I go to the, they name an immediate veil time, you know, Connor Brown signed, he's going to speak at, you know, three o'clock. And then I tell that story. Okay. Whereas, you know, I'm not trying to crunch the numbers or find out this or find out that. You can only work with what you're given. And so my job would be more to tell the best story with the information I have. Do you, um, so Adam and Jesse for me are, are different. Um, but do you talk about your job much with your friends? 
because again, Adam and Jesse are in media, so it's different. I don't like talking about what I do that much with my friends who aren't in media because I feel all my complaints are so trivial. It, oh, like, yeah. Because oh, yeah. It's, it's we like, have a friend who's a police officer, and I don't even. I, I mean, don't talk about I it with him. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. I don't talk yeah. about it with him. Uh, and paramedic. And, yeah. Because, uh, like, Chris Johnson referred to it as, like, we work at the toy factory. It's true. And, and you know? yeah, it's, it's, we've all had that moment, like, where I always say the only people that we can complain to is other people in the business. Yep. Like, I could have a full conversation. Like, so I did all four rounds of the, the cup final, or sorry, the playoffs. And, you know, it's hotels, it's flights. And it's like, I could, and I travel a lot with Chris Johnson. I got like, you, I could sit with CJ and just <sighs> bitch and complain for like 10 hours about how great it is to work here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. How much we love and everyone. how much you feel bad that like, nobody yeah. else so, is like, working like, here. And like, I could complain about how the Westin in <laughs> yeah. the Westin in, or how we were at a Westin and then it got sold out. So we had to move to a courtyard. Right. Like shit like that, that. Like we would be, and we would just, cause that is affecting our daily life. Like, and in our own way, that's the stuff that is just, we kill time by complaining about it. But I'm not, like. Yeah. Like, a crackhead came at me with a knife today. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Two like, days. Yeah, earlier like, this day. Like, and now I'm sitting I, here in front of you. Like I imagine like, I'm texting a buddy who's like working like a ridiculously long shift yeah. or something. And I'm like, yeah, man, the courtyard, the waffles today at breakfast sucked <laughs> but like like there was like, like the free breakfast was i missed it by 20 minutes or the room service was slow i'm like these are the and hey like when you're on the road for a ridiculous they become little things that start like you know sure, or flight yeah. flight like okay flight delays is the big one oh. so many people go on twitter and complain about flight delays no one cares because you're flying to some event you're like they're not doing it to be I'd an asshole. Be, I'd rather be in that airport than wherever I am. Your job is, con- yeah. but by the outside world, and, and, and it is, your job is considered a dream job, something that anyone would give up, uh, the, you know, uh, okay, I, I got delayed two hours going to Pittsburgh for the cup final. Like, if I go to Twitter and say, this is bullshit, I'm- At like, Air Canada. At Air, <laughs> at Air Canada. Like, how many people are going to go, you're flying to go watch the- <laughs> Cup final, cup final to be paid for it. Yeah. Like you get delayed too. Like who cares? Yeah, like and you get a free ticket. Yeah, in. yeah. There's certain things that yeah. you lose awareness of mm-hmm. when you do this job. Is like that the little trivial things don't really matter at all, and you start to complain. And sometimes you catch yourself like that's not a real problem. No, like, like that no. isn't an issue. Like like you know your press your press box seat has a bad view or it's cold or something. Like it's all it's all just bullshit. Little yeah. like first world problems. But when you go like. You just get in your own head when you go on the road for so long. And CJ is just the worst, isn't he? He's the worst. He's guy the ever. worst. I love CJ. Love him. CJ's the best guy in the road. First word mine. Dick. Dick. Just, just dick. Actually, that's his face next to Dick. Yeah. <laughs> and they no. I, now, CJ's a great guy on the road with because like he's always out for. You want to go get dinner? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, and it's horrible because you just eat and drink the whole time. Like, you know. And he's always interesting. Yeah. No matter what is Sounds happening. Like I should go on the road with CJ. Like, I'm not always interesting. Every time I talk to CJ, though, he says something interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't have to be hockey related. No, he's no, just, no. He's just interesting. Yep. And that's that's the thing about the road sometimes is you get so hockeyed out. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go out with guys that don't want to sit and break down lines. And, th- and oh. that's the thing with sometimes, like, you run into people at bars or you get certain, not your your close buddies don't bug you about crap like that because they know, but, like, you'll run into, like, you'll go to a bar and it'll be a Saturday and you'll run into some guy you haven't seen for a couple of weeks and, oh, how about that play? And you'll be like, enough. I don't want to <laughs> No, no more this. hockey. Yeah. So on the road, sometimes you go to a movie or you go out with guys that just, you talk about anything but hockey. Yeah. Which, and then eventually it always comes back to hockey somehow, but you just, like, 
need. Which is fine, but as long as you had your few minutes away from it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. It Good comes break. up naturally. Yeah, that's why I, I love going to movies alone on the road. Call me a weirdo, but oh, I love going to yeah, do movies I, alone. I, now. I love solo movies. Oh, me too. Like you give me a road trip where I get a day off. Like I'm not going fishing. I'm going to a solo movie. It's good. I love you too. Um, what do you want to do? What do you admit? Like, is this? What do you want to do when you like, grow up? This, this, yeah, when you grow up. Ten-year plan. Like, I mean, where do you, what's the end goal for you? What What have you always dreamed about doing? Um, kind of like I've been asked that before. Basically, what I'm doing now, like, I'm not. I don't know, I'm not a guy to sit there and go, I need to do this. Like I always, when I was going to school, I always said like, I want to be on TV before I'm 30. Like that was always something I said. And like, I always, I always want to be on a major network covering. Mm-hmm. And I, when Good I was job. young, thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm old now. High fives, high fives. <laughs> when I, I was always like thought about like, you know, anchoring would be cool when I was in, like in school. And then all of a sudden I started with reporting and now I'm like, I don't want to anchor. I want to report. Mm. And, but ideally like, I'm what I would love to do is like, like I look at someone like Scott Oak, that's like a dream job for me. Like I, I get like, I've done ton, like not tons, I shouldn't say, but I've done a lot of hockey night rinkside games. I've done lease rinks, like that kind of thing. Did a lot of Sanders games. That's something where if you told me I could do 50 hockey night games next year, rinkside done, sign on the dotted line, do it for 35 years type of deal. Like that I find is so exciting to be in the rink, to be on the bench. Like there's nothing like, you know, it's sometimes you get moments where you're on the bench during warm up and it's like a big game and you're looking around like holy shit this is really cool like this is my job like and then the guy comes over and you talk to him and like like this is a, a pretty good dream job mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say there's anything different I want to do get just more of what I'm doing now that's that jeez that's a great answer man that mm. sounds amazing that sounds like you got it figured out all right now I know we got to do the press conference because you know we've kept you for a while here um, so. Do you have any more before we get to the nope, listener questions? Nope, All right. Nope. Let's do the press conference. But there comments. is one thing. Oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Jesse, what's the press conference? Well, we have quite, we have a press conference, oh, but okay, you yeah. are, you're Babs. Okay. Except don't be like Babs. No. We need, we need like better than Lou and Babs uh, be- Better ask good questions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm into good players. Better ask good questions. I'm only giving you what, what you ask. Hopefully this person asked a good question. His name is Chris Johnston. Oh. oh. I hope there's a story behind this. He says, question for Sean. Does what happens in Nashville stay in Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, most of it. It was a long, let's just, it was a long, I was there for two weeks. And like three days in Nashville is horrible. Like you go, it's like Vegas. Like you leave there and you're like, never again. I need an IV. That's how we left. Yeah. yeah. That's how, and we so were there for my two. My wife got home from Nashville yesterday and oh. I was just like, they're there. <laughs> they're there. You'll be okay. Yeah. So I, I was there for 14 days oh. and it wasn't just the, the dangerous <laughs> part was, is like, you can have enough fun with guys that you work with, but there's a guy that plays for the Predators and his younger brother is my best buddy. So he was there the whole time. So even like when the series shifted back to Pittsburgh, I, they just left me there because it was Nashville flights are horrible. They're so expensive. Mm-hmm. So it was cheaper to keep me there than fly me either back to Toronto because we had a reporter covering the Pittsburgh set or to fly me to Pittsburgh to do it. Right. So my buddy was there the whole time. And so we have days off. And What so did you do? I just sat at the local establishments. And read the Bible. That's I cool. Yeah. talked to the locals and had a few waters. Mm, wow. Good. Well, that was basically the hot. gist of, there was also a McDonald's like 
half a block from my hotel oh. that I abused. <laughs> <laughs> I abused my body so bad that trip. <laughs> well, we did too. Uh, I got we the were there for hot two days. chicken. Where do you guys hot, hot chicken. Oh, yeah. What, what bars do you go to? We, God, where do we go if to? If you remember the names, did you really go? Yeah. We went to one you... bar every, okay, not every night. Um, <laughs> most, most, there was a place called Crazy Town. So you think about Nashville and you guys have been, so like oh, Tootsie's and all these places are amazing, mm-hmm. but they're a little bit older. It's a lot of just a guy sitting there. And I love that. Like, I could go sit from noon until 2 a.m. and just listen to country. But sometimes you want a little more of a lot, especially when you're with buddies. And so the two weekends I was there, I had five buddies come down to watch the games. So I like all my buddies from Toronto were in Nashville. So there's a place called Crazy Town that was like country bar mixed with rap DJ, nice. mixed with everyone there was like 25 years old. It was sounds like good. Crazy Town. It was Crazy Town. <laughs> sounds yeah. amazing. Well, we we when we went, we went to a I forget what the bar was called, but it was awesome, and we did like a, a podcast yep. meetup. So were people driving in to hang out, and we drank their local several like, liters of coffee coffee beer, beer which wow. just, we were yeah. wired up, and then <laughs> we, Steve wired up is a horrible thought. <laughs> yeah, it was and awesome. Like you drink coffee anyway. Like, oh yeah, sure. oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, I try to limit like two a day max. Because I I actually can't handle more naturally caffeinated. Yeah, no. Yeah, we get out of there, and then Steve's like, "Well, um, CJ and a few other guys are at uh, another bar." Usually, I'd be ready to go to sleep after that much beer, yeah. but it was all coffee beer. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I think Wachinski was there, and Bruce Arthur was there, and I really stepped on Bruce Ar- Bruce Arthur's foot, and I, it was the first time meeting him. But I was like, man. "Oh man, I really admire what you do," and just slam right. I felt like. Like and he was like Bruce, he Bruce, stepped back. Bruce has no feelings. No. <laughs> we'll tell him that. I love you, Bruce. Uh, Chris but, turned into dad, Chris. He did. No, CJ turned into dad, Chris for sure. Uh, but it was like it was crazy. But that was one night. Yeah, one night. Yeah. But they're all like that. Was, well, uh, yeah. The one of the it was like the fourth last night I was there. Like one of the Ryan Rashog, we were sitting at a bar just having a drink and some food, and his cameraman texted him and he was like, "Yeah, some guy named." Right across the park, there's a free con. Some guy named Jason Aldean. What? And I'm like, he's like, is he big? I'm like, yeah, he's probably the biggest country star in the world. One of them. He's like, well, he's playing like a free. And we walked up, and there was like probably a few thousand people just kind of hanging around. And he just came out. and was like, what's up, guys? And played like six songs. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Free concert. Yeah, just for no reason. It was I CMA love that city. Like CMA week, so all the big stars were there. So I'm like, this is unbelievable. Oh, I could live there in a heartbeat. Yeah. I loved it but, there. Oh. The Schwill? Oh, the Schwill. Yeah. yeah. The, I, don't, I don't know if people call it that. I don't think they do. I think they might punch you in the yeah. neck the if Schwill. you call it Nash the Vegas. Second question should be also a good question because it comes from James Myrtle. Oh, oh. Myrtle the Turtle. He says, Ask him what goes on the ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream. The, the ten year flight. So we the story behind that there's so many dumb roads like this is the thing like I'm gonna tell this story and it's gonna sound probably really stupid to people but it's just like the long road life and you do this stupid stuff that becomes funny so we were making fun of Myrtle because we went to a place called Burn Steakhouse in Tampa okay and it's like the one of those famous steakhouses in the world and it's got a wine list that's like 600,000 almost half a million bottles Wow. Like ones that go back to like 1912. And I love wine. Like I love, love, love wine. So we go and the wine list is honestly like this big. Like, so whatever. So it's me, Mark Masters, Myrtle and, oh, there was. Mark Masters. Oh, so you're sitting in first class. I was. Masters is one of the funniest human beings in the world. (laughs) There's too many good stories about Masters. Who is the, 
I'm drawing a blank on who the other guy was. He's listening right oh, now. Oh, his cameraman. His cameraman. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when we go when we go to the front desk to get our seat, they're like, do you want a reservation in the dessert room? And we're like, what? They're like, the dessert room. I'm like, sure. We don't know what that is. So like, the, so we finish up our meal. We're so, they're like, well, we'll take you up to the dessert room. You have a reservation. I'm like, okay. So there's a room upstairs that's separate. That you're, You can't eat dessert at the normal table. They have oh. to take you up to the dessert room. So it's this cool room and it's all these old big, huge barrels that have been turned into tables. So you're in your own little barrel with a door and there's a phone, there's a piano man and you can phone and request songs to the piano guy from your booth. What? It's, yeah. It, it's, oh, we have to go. It, I got to go. It's unbelievable. It's one of those famous what steakhouses. James Bond ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a bar in New York that's like one of those, you it's, know, the SNL yeah, sketch? Like it, with, uh, it's great. Yeah. Like, and, what is this? And, and Bob Cape. Yeah. Have. <laughs> and so we get, the, we get the dessert list and the dessert list is, and then the, there's a wine dessert list. It's like this big too. So long story short is we start ordering stuff and Myrtle wants port. So we're like, okay, well, I'll try some too. And it's called like the, it was the 70, I don't know, seven, 50 year flight or something it was called. So it was like a, a 10 year port, mm-hmm. a 20 year port and a 30 year port. So 60 years, something. And so he starts drinking you know, the, the 60 and the, or the 30 and mm-hmm. then the 20. And he's like, the 10's a little, 10's a little tough because it's like a younger port. And so he's got ice cream. So he pours on his ice cream. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, the rest of the time we're making fun of him for pouring 10 year old port on his ice cream. Like it was just some simple syrup crap. He's like, oh, this is. And so that became the, the joke of what goes on the ice cream, the 10 year port. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God! It's like the Chappelle show sketch. He opens his fridge. I got a dinosaur egg, <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. It, like like I said, cream. for people at home, it's going to sound so stupid and trip. But like at the time when you're like 30 days on the road, you start. Oh yeah, you start laughing. Yeah, at it's this, like a road trip story. Like, like, yeah. like Mark Masters was phoning the piano guy and requesting like ridiculous songs, and then he'd play them, and then Myrtle would get mad that it didn't sound like the original. <laughs> and like we're, the guy's name was like Steve or something, and like Myrtle, I'm like Steve, <laughs> and, like, and like you'd hear the guy like trying to play the song in the background just stupid stupid crap so remember 10 minutes ago when I said uh, our problems are relatively trivial <laughs> yeah yeah so like why did my ice cream yeah so like, that's a, like yeah like the 10 year old isn't good enough it's ice cream topping now <laughs> Like that's that's, awesome. that's the shit that you complain about that ends up being funny. <laughs> and James is awesome. James is awesome. He's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. That was a great Final that was a great dinner. Is from Matt. He just wants to know if you sat on a voodoo doll of yourself, would you ever be able to stand up? <laughs> <laughs> this is like one of those stupid is a hot dog a yes, sandwich question. You get like, them every show. I know. There's all like, where do people come up with this crap? <laughs> no. Like, I applaud you for the creativity, Matt. What was his name? Matt. Matt. But like, no, you wouldn't be able to stand up at all. You'd be crushing What yourself. part of the doll but, did but, you no, sit but, on? But you wouldn't be able to sit on yourself because then technically that's two different positions between the doll and yourself. If you're sitting and the doll's under you, would be laying flat. So therefore, you'd have to be laying flat on it. See, right. Matt, you have a flaw in your question. Whoa. It should be if you laid on a voodoo doll of yourself, you played yourself, Matt. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Mic drop. Wow. You played wow. yourself. Unless, like, it was sitting... In a up chair. In a chair, and you sat on the chair. Right, but he didn't specify. But, yeah, no, 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 no. Matt so did not. not. See, these are the details that you have to think about. That's man. right. 
This is coming from a, re- a, a true reporter who has to, you know, think about these details. Um, yeah. Can that please be like the first question you ask Babcock this season? <laughs> <laughs> he would honestly look at me like, next question. That's what he does. <laughs> Either when you ask a question that is a good question that he doesn't want to answer, mm. you ask a question that is there's no answer to, or it's stupid, he'll, oh, good question, next and he'll look. Uh, and that's that's got to be a good compliment, though. Yeah, some, yeah, but you have to weed through if it's the good question they didn't want to answer, uh-huh. or a question that there isn't an answer to, or if he just hates the question. Like, it, either it's a really good question, it's too obvious, or he hates it. Okay. Wow. That's the thing with Bab. Sometimes good questions just don't get answered. Sometimes he goes, oh, that's a good one. Well, that, that doll is a good doll, but it's also a good man. Yeah, I just want <laughs> to good people in. Sean, uh, we could keep going for four hours, man. It was, uh, it's been awesome so having will. you in. Um, no, <laughs> I know you have a, a life and you're on vacation. You have other I, things that you want to do. I have nothing. Like I honestly, have, I've been on vacation for a month now, and it's starting to wind down. But I've like I've gotten so lazy that like I was so pumped to come on, but I like went to bed last night, be like. To get up at eleven to go meet these guys, <laughs> like like that that, that became that was like an issue. I'm like, I have to get up like so damn early. It's bullshit, right? It's bullshit. How'd you get that uh, the the gun show bruise? Uh, that looks like you blocked a pretty good shot. Nasty no, bruise on that is men's league hockey. Okay. Um, my elbow pads are so shitty that the top strap doesn't actually like. There's no Velcro top strap, so oh. I just use tape. Okay. So it got my jersey was pulling and the tape was digging in the whole game. I didn't realize it, and then I just. Jesus, you did that to yourself? Yeah, totally. You played yourself. Thought there was going to be some amazing (laughs) thing where like, yeah, it went off my arm and in, we won Mm -hmm. an overtime. I would never block shots. (laughs) I would never in a million years be caught blocking shots. (laughs) All right. It was a a real pleasure talking to you today, man. Thank you so much for coming on. It was good to be on. Great to finally meet you in real life. Yeah, really, really. I guess we can go back to being social media friends. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to like as much as your stuff now that I know you. Right. Okay. (laughs) Like I felt obliged because I didn't know you where I had to be like, hey, nice tweet. Right. Now I'm just going to be like, I know the guy, so I don't care. Yeah. I don't don't need to, I don't need to try anymore. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Nice to meet you. Nice Scaramucci thread. (laughs) Yeah. No, those days are done. I didn't know much about Scaramucci and then like I Googled him just to find out. Isn't he worth like 1.2 billion? Yeah. He's done, he's done well for himself. Yeah. He's a, he's a Wall Street guy. Maybe he was. Well, I mean, he's still yeah. With the divorce, I'm sure it'll be about half. Yeah, but, but I'll take I'll take half. I'll of take 1. A, I'll take ten percent of that. Um. Anyway, yeah, Sean. Best of luck this season. Hopefully, we can catch up during the season yep. too. Like even if it's on the phone and absolutely you know, catch up with yeah, you yeah. and, and uh, bug you like we bug CJ a little bit too. Yep. So take the pressure off him because we're always harassing CJ him. Like, luck. hey man, you want to come on the show? And he's like, he's always really good about it. But you can CJ call will us say from yes. Your Platinum chaired golden eye ice cream wine lounge <laughs> on a plane. Hey, that was Myrtle. That was not me. Yeah. Yeah. That Myrtle. Yeah. Anyway, Sean Diva. You're life. the best, man. Thanks so much for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back, uh, what, next Tuesday? I think so, yeah. Oh, do we have anybody booked for then, too? Where, what day is that? August 8th? Fine, I'll come yeah. on That's again. That's August 8th. We got, we got uh, Mike Ajala. Mike Ajala. Mike and Buffalo. Yes. Awesome. All right. That's the Steve Angle Podcast for this week. We're out. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.